I had two full-time jobs and going to culinary school at the same time. Yeah, I feel that. I was, like, I was getting it. There was times where, like, I didn't have 20 bucks to put fucking gas in my car. So I had to be like, okay, what's more important, school or work? Yeah. I got to make a decision, yeah, right? Yeah, So it's like, sorry, guys, I can't make you to school today. I got to go work because I need the money to put in gas so I can get to your school and then get to work. <laughs> Welcome to the next episode of Pancom Podcast, brought to you by a bunch of people that are paying us money. <laughs> you, you always say it's the next episode. It's it's the current episode. This right. is this time traveling podcast that you're hosting. Actually, I'm not time traveling. We are going on strike. <laughs> are we? The, yeah, the Mike Beltran Union for Pancom Podcast is going on strike today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Today or right I right now, I mean, we'll start tomorrow. But January sixth, right? Storm January sixth. Yeah, going, yeah, we are going on. <laughs> we are riding the streets. Nick, Nick, Mister Jimenez, for some reason, has decided to go to a store, spend thirty or forty bucks on this cheap light that I'm looking at. That's actually going to probably make this shit look worse. And <laughs> absolutely not. And um, and now he's forcing me, forcing me yes. to work under duress. That's correct. I am being I'm completely <laughs> under duress. I'm I am, just saying. I am, I am somebody, be- somebody says you're a vampire, so. Yeah, who said that? <laughs> I said that. Oh, you did? There's no other reason for you to be so afraid of lights. I'm not afraid of lights. Oh, you're I just terrified. don't enjoy them, right? Like, you're terrified Winston's of here. Winston, how shitty is that light? Thank you. Even Winston said it's a shitty ass light. It's a, I actually I formally resigned through direct message to Mr. Jimenez, and I said, I'm taking the bang with me. That's what you said? That's what I said. You said you were resigning as the punk. Well, yeah. I'm resigning as a punk because you yeah. bring the microphone, right? The stolen True. mic. You bring True. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All, all, all the stolen mics. <laughs> We've confirmed after 10 years of doing this podcast that they're, stole, they're stolen they're, mics. I, stole shit. Stole I love mics. that. Welcome to Bancom Podcast. For fuck's sake, I'm Nick Jimenez, and I'm here with our usual uh, unfortunate host, Michael Beltran, alleged chef and eighth grade basketball MVP. We are joined... My special guest, Chef Raheem Seeley. And I asked Mike to do all this shit because he did such an incredible job with Nick Sayas and he just refused. Probably I, don't even, I don't even remember doing that. No, you're on strike. I, yeah, because I'm fucking on strike. <laughs> this is where I back out. Yeah. Raheem, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me, brother. This is like, uh, I think this is our third attempt to do this, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, just... Like a quick story, I don't, I don't really totally remember how we met, right? Did we meet here? At, at we met here? Yeah, remember we did that dinner when Evan Ben hosted that dinner for. Oh, um, that's right. My oh. yeah. Oh, Mr. Evan Ben. Yeah. We did the dinner downstairs, downstairs for like twelve yeah. people, and it was all of us. Yeah, me, right. Pushcart, Neven, Nando. It was oh, pretty Pushcart dope. too, man. Yeah, it was pretty that's dope. That's right. What a gem, Pushkaris. Yeah, I know Man. he's he's awesome. My big teddy bear. Huh? Yeah, he is. He's like the <laughs> nice guy. I'm sad. Nice guy. What is he now? He's in uh, West Palm Beach, right? West Palm Beach. Yeah. You know, once so, in a while, I take that drive. You know. You do? Yeah, just to have his food. I man, I mean, yes, I would, I would make that drive too. I feel like West Palm is like in another state. Yeah, but you know, it's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. I hear you're on vacation. Yeah, permanent vacation. Permanent vacation. <laughs> so before we get into everything, I, I know Raheem here from the Chef World in Miami. And uh, Raheem is known for his time at Q, but now better known uh, for his uh, smoking of meats. Yeah, man. Uh, drinking Pig. Drinking Pig Barbecue. Yeah, Drinking Pig Barbecue, um, which I've had the pleasure of going to twice. And 
it's coming back. You took a s- small sabbatical, also. Yeah, we like and after for the holidays, man. Like you know, chefs like we don't ever get the holidays off, right? Like that's when we work the most. When are the holidays? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Me, me, well, me, me this either. time I knew because yeah, yeah. It, Christmas was off. I was off the day after and a couple of days after that, and then I took New Year's and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day off. Wow. Um, actually, I worked on New Year's Day. I did a private dinner for a friend of mine. Were you like confused, like those days off? Like, what do I do? Yeah, I was. I didn't know what to do. I actually stayed home and did nothing. That's amen. Amen to that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I. So if I randomly have like a Friday night off. I don't know what you're going to do. And, like, I, um, like previously, I would take a Friday night off, and, and we would go out, and I just, I hated it, because there's so many fucking people out, right? Yeah. It's fucking, dr- like, so many people, and I'm just like, why are there so many people out? And then I realize, I'm like, I should be at work right now. Yeah. Like, it's I, Friday I, night. Yeah, it's Friday <laughs> night. Like, and then you start getting anxiety, because you're not at work. Oh, it's such a fucking domino effect for me. <laughs> God bless. I know, what, I know what you mean, man, but I actually enjoyed it, man. There was a... First time since I moved to Miami that I had New Year's New Year's Eve off and New Year's Day. So let's go back. Let's go back to like the very beginning. Okay. Where where you're from, where you grew up, how Man, you got I'm here, the shit. whole thing. Uh, you want that's a long ass story. I mean, you know, give me uh, the skinny. Don't worry, yeah, we skim it. We skim through. So I grew up. I'm from the U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Croix. Um, born and raised. Um, I was there, raised there, went to school there. I left St. Croix, uh, October 15th of 2007. I remember the date very well. You know, I had just had my 2007. Daughter. Yeah, 2007. I, How old were you when you left? Um, I was 18. Okay. Yeah, 18. I had just graduated high school. Okay. So, um, you know, part of the reason why I got out of St. Croix is because I had my daughter very young. Um, I was 18 when I had my first kid. And I just wanted to, you know, figure out a better way, a better life. Yeah, because St. Croix is pretty cool, right? But there's not a lot of opportunities for, for like, young guys that want to do something. Um, you know what I mean? Unless I always, like, I, I see it this way. Like, you got to know somebody to know somebody that, you know, know somebody to get you something that you really want. In St. Croix? Yeah. How, and, how and big is St. Croix? 84 square miles. 84 square miles? Yeah, very small. Uh, Mr. Jimenez, can you find out the population of St. Croix, please? <laughs> yeah. Very small. But um, it's, it's a beautiful island, man. Like, I, you know, I think... I'm I'm where I'm at, I am today because of my where I heard. forty-one thousand people. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's not a lot. No, no. <laughs> but it seems like a lot when you're there. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people when you're there. Um, but you could go from like the east end to the west end in a car in like thirty minutes. But there's a lot of tourism. Uh, yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, since since St. Thomas is the capital, they get most most of the tourists and stuff, but. You know, St. Croix. St. Croix does, too. We get our, our fair share of it. Um, but we're more relaxed. I think, oh, yeah? I think everybody from St. Croix is just kind of more chill. You strike me as a chill guy. Yeah, I try to be. Like, yeah. it, for me, it's like, what's, what's this there to get upset and upset about and shit? Like, just, just take it easy. Man. Like, God bless I used you, to be like that, man. Like, when I... So, anyways, I first started... When I first started cooking, I used to be like that. Like, the angry chef. You oh, know, yeah? I just wanted to ah, get in everybody's face, throw away their prep. You know, that shit don't take you nowhere. People just start leaving you and start hating you. <laughs> mm. Eesh. Um, yeah, no, I have no comment on the subject. <laughs> yeah, man. So, anyways, I grew up there, moved. Um, so, my first, when I left St. Croix, I actually went to work for my uncle doing industrial insulation, not cooking. But previously, I was in, I was cooking in St. Croix. So, I, you know, I just kind of fell in love with it. 
Um, what was your first job? Um, I was a dishwasher at a hotel. Oh. First, I was actually a guy that picked up the seaweed off the beach. So I used to go around with a shovel and a, a fucking hoe and dig all the seaweed out the, out the ground from in front of this hotel and put it in a wheelbarrow and then wheel it across a half a mile across the fucking sand to dump in this pile of seaweed. It was the hot, worst job ever. That was but, it? That yeah. was the whole job? Yeah, that was the job. Wow, that sounds miserable. <laughs> it was fucking miserable. How long did you do It was that? hot. Um, as long as it took for me to get the dishwasher <laughs> job. <laughs> Got it. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. If I could get this dishwasher job, I'm taking it. So I kind of did. I started washing dishes and, you know, that that's what kind of like turned me on to the kitchen. You know, all the noise and the chefs yelling and that type of shit was fun. It's an, it's an environment that's like, um, it's just... What's the word for it? I'm looking for a word. And you just, when you're attracted to it, you automatically just get enamored with it, and you just want to, like, that's just where you want to Yeah, you just want to do it, man. And then, um, so I left St. Croix, uh, went to figure out life, you know, for me and my daughter and family at the time. And I started doing, like, industrial installation with my uncle, which was boring as fuck. I was miserable. Um, and, you know, I just, I moved. I left, left there and went to work in Orlando at Giller Palms Resort for a little while in orlando yeah in orlando it was, that was really fun that kind of got me back into the kitchen again then my grandma always had a house in miami so she, she got pretty sick and my aunt needed a hand with her so i came down here to to help out and when i came down here to help out um i didn't know like what direction i wanted to go in my career i was going to go to the military then i was going to go drive truck because i like big trucks for some reason like i'm very uh, i never driven one but i just like them yeah, I mean, the people who like it, like it. Yeah, so, um, you know what I mean? Like, I actually got hired by a trucking company, and then I turned the job down. And I was like, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, this older guy, and he was like, man, like, what do you love to do? I was like, yeah, I love to cook. He's like, so then fucking do that. The money's going to come. This episode of Pancom Podcast is brought to you by The Barrel. This is the barbecue grill that, if you're watching this in video form, is in front of us. We're here with uh, Chef Danny Boza. Danny, tell us a little bit about what the genesis of this thing was. Where does the barrel come from? You know, I, I, I was a chef. Oh, I was a, you know, working for a civil engineering firm before that. And I really hated everything that I was doing at the time. So I've always had a passion for cooking. And then, you know, I, I decided one day to move to New York and everything took off from New York, Chicago, Hong Kong, LA, you know, Colorado, and then to Hawaii, and then back to Miami. And then I opened up my own spot in uh, Coral Gables, got sold the restaurant, and moved on to the next big, bigger, better thing. Obviously, COVID hit, so we had our own passion project. It started because a, a, a friend, was now a, bit, a business partner, Diego Londonio, approached me to do a menu for his coffee shop. And I said, you know, let's go to Colombia. I got to see the tree. I got to, you know, feel it out, get a little inspiration. So I went out there and then, uh, you know, I tried some of the food when I got there and I was blown away by the flavor. I found out they were actually cooking with the actual coffee tree. And then I saw their South American style roaster and it was just really dinged up, beat up oil drum. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I can make something that's really cool. So myself and Diego put our heads together and, you know, it, it's a home run in my opinion. It's very sleek, very beautiful to look at. Um, it's very, very cool. It's a conversation starter. People see that in yeah. your yard and they want to talk about it. Yeah, definitely people see it. And again, we're not trying to take over anybody's yard. We're trying to a compliment, you know, making a compliment to it. So what you would do on your regular grill for, 
something very quick, you might want to say on a weekend, I got more time and I want to chill out and, you know, use the barrel and, and create some beautiful flavors out of that with our hardwood and on charcoal. Act. Do you remember what some of the first things you did with it when you were maybe like prototyping it or you had like you had it close to final form? Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll keep it short. So one of the main things was is that our base was simply just the base. It was just a very plain base. And uh, in order to stop all the fat that was dripping and rendering, I would use sand around the side. But of course, you know, even some of the best chefs in the world make some of the greatest mistakes. So I would drop some of the food directly on the sand and there's no getting sand off food once it hits it. So we had to think of a different system. So now we created these two half moon systems at the base in which you can add liquid and have a grate on top, which pretty much sets this apart from any other, you know, grill, roaster, smoker, which, you know, the three-in-one combo is not really commonly found out there. Very cool. So if people want to learn more, if people want to buy this thing, how do they get more information about the barrel? I would say go to our Instagram page, you know, at barrel the BBQ. And, you know, you can go and see our link tree there, which has our YouTube channel, our order page, our information, our specs about the barrel. And it has a bunch of fun videos and very cool things that we've cooked out of it so far. Very cool. And once you're there, if you use promo code PANGCON10, that's PANGCON10, P-A-N-C-O-N, because I know a lot of people have trouble with this. We don't <laughs> speak Spanish. We've been called Pumpkin Podcast, the Panko Podcast. <laughs> this is P-A-N-C-O-N10 for $100 off of the barrel. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you. This episode of Pancom Podcast is also brought to you by Elite Impact Windows. Elite Impact Windows does exactly what it sounds like they do. They are purveyors of impact windows. That's the kind that, especially if you're in a hurricane-prone sort of area, you want so stuff doesn't come flying through your windows. Mike, you have impact windows on some of your restaurants. Listen, I heard a rumor. Tell me if this is true. Are all their products tested to go up to 185 mile per hour wind pressures? That is how their products are tested. That's all their products are tested to meet that. I don't know. I've never been out in 185 mile per hour wind. But if I were, I think I might want to wear some of these windows as like a suit. I feel safer already just thinking about if I was walking around in that kind of wind and I was wrapped around with their just windows just wrapped around me, I'd feel like a much safer person. Yeah, you should put them on your caddy. I, mm, you know, maybe, maybe not. But I, and I also heard that they meet all the requirements of Miami-Dade County. They do meet all the requirements of Miami-Dade County. Fuck me, that's amazing. EliteImpactGlass.com or on Facebook, Elite Impact Windows, Instagram, Elite Impact Glass. They are proud partners with Eco Windows, CGI, and Windor. One of the things I really appreciate about them and their company is that all their products are made locally here in South Florida. And fuck me, that's amazing. Look at this. They are all made here in South Florida. Did you do your research? Man, I did not do the research. (laughs) Somebody didn't show up ready. They have competitive pricing with totally 0% financing available. I mean, I don't know. If you have credit like mine, you might not get 0% financing, but (laughs) it may be an option. It's possible that that's an option for you, 0% financing. I don't know exactly how that works. Whatever the case, if you go on the website, you ask for a quote, and you mention Bang Kong Podcast, you will get... 10% 10% off of your installation. And I don't know if you guys have ever installed Windows before, but 10% off of window installation, that's a good fucking deal. And you know what? You got it here first on Pancom Podcast. That's right. Mention Pancom Podcast. Again, it's EliteImpactGlass.com or Elite Impact Windows on Facebook, Elite Impact Glass on Instagram. By the way, you mentioned restaurants. They do do they, com- do, they, they do do, they do do commercial <laughs> properties. So whether it's for your home or your business, if do, you need do, a lead impact do, glass do, to put, do, uh, you know, all that do do um, and do the things that they do do so well, yeah. uh, you wanna you wanna get in and, on that. 
Also, this company, very woke. Very woke, they also offer solar power systems with backup batteries and custom generators for your home. You know why? Because they're woke. I, I don't know if that's a positive thing these days to be woke, but what? you know, but it's it's nice. I mean, sounds you know, good. It sounds good to me that there's solar power involved. I'm into it. Generators, solar power, impact glass. Uh, if you go to their website, they got a video that shows off like a home that has all of that stuff going on at one time, which is pretty wild. That's um, a lot of panels, a lot of glass, a lot of things. Pretty soon, we are going to get our hands on a, uh, at least one pane of impact glass. I'm ready. And we're going to try to break it. I'm ready. I don't know what the procedure will be, uh, <laughs> but our but Mike's breath will have a blast <laughs> of freshness from that banaka you just heard. I like the I like this a banaka really banaka blast at last. Fast blast banaka. I just want everybody to know, uh, and apologies to Elite Impact Glass, because uh, uh, I don't want this to sound like an ad for Banaka, but in the time that we've been sitting here to record this ad, Mike has blasted himself with Banaka like five times. Twice. Get I don't out. know, man. Twice. I don't know. Come on. Twice. Elite Impact Glass. Thanks to our sponsor. Thanks. Go, go get your windows from Go me. Go get go get those windows. You yeah. do that, and the money's going to come. So then I went to Le Cordon Bleu for a little while. Um, got out of there, and then I starged everywhere for a little bit. And then my my first Miami job was, was uh, Chef Timon, Timon Balou. Ah, Timon. Yeah, Sugarcane. What a legend. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Timon is a legend. I yeah. really loved Balou when he opened Balou. Yeah, it was. it was. Oh, yeah, me too. I actually went like twice. and I, I think I went two or three times. I thought delicious. it was pretty, I thought it was pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, because I just like that kind of cooking too, you Same. know. <laughs> being Being from the Caribbean, like, you know, like he... I think he, he hit the nail on the head, and it was pretty good. Um, so, yeah, man. And that's how I ended up in Miami. And from then, I just started working my way around and doing my thing, you know? So, after Baloo, what was next? Oh, or, after uh, uh, Sugarcane, sugar uh, Zuma. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. After sh- so, I, I actually was doing two jobs at the same time. I was doing Sugarcane in the morning, and I was doing Zuma at night. So many people have been through Zuma. Huh? Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's a big kitchen. No, I've, never, I've actually never even been to Zuma to eat. No? Never. Oh, man, um, back in the days when I was there, you know, I haven't been back to eat since I left. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but when I was there, I learned a lot. It was pretty fun. Um, we had a really good chef team. and um, How many people were in the kitchen? Oh, because man. Because numbers there are, like, big. Yeah, numbers. it was, like, shit, like 60 people. In the kitchen? Yeah, like, we had, because you had the sushi. Like, there's, like, three different type of, three different kitchens, right? So you had the sushi counter, then you had the robata. Then you had the like the hotline, and then you had like the the next hotline, which was like the fryer and kind of uh, like sugar cane. Yeah, yeah. And then you had pastry, so it was a big kitchen, man. It was a that was a machine. I'm mean, not gonna lie to you. That's one of the busiest places I ever worked in my whole entire career. It was Zuma at that time. I mean, do you remember their cover counts that they would do? Oh man, shit! We were doing like on like a Friday and Saturday night. We were doing like five, almost six hundred covers a night. That's crazy. Yeah, we were turning and burning, man. Busy. I, I have never seen that. It was it was insane, and that was what maybe eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. When I mean, I was, they've always been like that. From yeah. what I understand, like the numbers there have always been five hundred cover nights, yeah. six hundred cover nights. I remember for one Art Basel night. I think it was a Saturday of Art Basel. I think we did like seven eleven, seven hundred eleven <sighs> covers from six to twelve. My body aches thinking about that. Oh, it hurt. It hurt, but it was fun. Yeah. It hurt, but it was fun. Like, I don't know. I just, you know, 
I guess what's pain for everybody else is kind of fun for us, right? The, yeah, I mean, we're masochists, right? Yeah. I mean, Cook's like, we live in a hot, aggressive, sweaty atmosphere that we chose to make it our career. Yeah, and, it, and it, you know what I mean? Like, it pays off, you know, for some of us. Um, I don't want to say the ones that get lucky, but I don't, maybe the ones that, you know, just show show a bit more ambition than others. Um, there, there's an extra level. There's an, yeah. another level. Like, you know, I, I have a really, I'm fortunate that I have a good, like, young chef team at Ariette. And there's, like, the secondary chef team, the chef and the CDC, and then uh, two junior sous chefs. They're young. And I always tell them it's like you're you're solid cooks, but you need to work to the next level, yeah. which is like a whole other. You're looking for all different things. You're not just working your station. It's like another level, and it's like you know working when you're at home, studying other people's food, studying their menu structures. Then on top of that, like when you're at work, it's like how you speak to your cooks and how you go about your day and how you do. Like it's it's a whole other thing. Yeah, I think like for me, the easiest, what what became easiest, is just you just gotta always have to know. You gotta know everything. The smartest thing that somebody ever told me, and it was because I went into a Friday. This is my first sous chef job. I went to a Friday night service, and I thought we had a prep item. We didn't have a prep item. And he told me it's like, if you don't physically touch it and hold it in your hand, it does not exist. It doesn't exist. It's just not, it's a fictitious thing that you made up in your head because you saw it yesterday or the day before. It doesn't mean that it actually exists. And I think that's where I, what I became really good at, right, is, like, knowing what we had all the time. So, like, if a cook come to me and be like, oh, 86 this, I was like, 80. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, oh, I looked in the walk-in. I was like, did you look or did you scan? Which one? <laughs> You're like, there's, there's a difference. Like, you actually dig through and look through everything or you just went, beep, beep, oh, man, I'm busy. Fuck that. There's nothing. Right. And I will go and be like, come. Go grab them. I know exactly where it was, how much we had. Uh, I just became good at that, man. Always knowing what we had, when we had it, and knowing more than everybody else. Yeah. I think that was. I think that's what helps you get to the next level faster, right? Like if you always know that, it just shows that you give a shit. Yeah. Right. You give a shit, and and you want to be that guy. You want to be the guy that's in charge and making sure everything is getting done. Um, and you know, I had I had pretty good success with that. You know, um, these guys, Michael Lewis, actually trusted me to run Q, you know what I mean? And um, and before that, I was at the Faena um, at POW with uh, Paul Key. Um, that was fun. You know, was, before that, I was at Scarpetta for a little while. Um, you know, I moved around a little bit. I mean, that's a good – you make you make it sound like so leisure, but that's like a, a very good resume. Okay. That's <laughs> like, you know, like, that was here. And it's, yeah, it's a great restaurant. I was at that one. I was like, yeah, you know, I helped run that one. I was like – Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. I mean, Paul Key is – you know, very good at his job. One, yeah, one of one of the most talented guys that I ever got by, to know. By far, I did a dinner with Paul. Fuck, man, it must have been like five years ago now. Yeah. And, I mean, he's incredibly talented. Yeah, you know, incredibly talented. Yeah. And then um, we did. I mean, Scarpetta is legendary, right? Oh yeah, man. Who was like, running Scarpetta at that time? Um, Nina had just left, and it was this guy. Um, he worked with us at Zuma. That's how I ended up over there, right? Because I was. Um, yeah, he he needed, he really needed cooks and he needed help. So he's like, "Hey, can you come give me a hand?" And I had just walked away from Zuma from being a sous chef, and I was like, "Ah, I don't know. Going back to cooking is gonna be kind of hard." But I was like, "All right, well, I was waiting to, I was waiting for the project for the Faena to kind of get going anyway." So I was like, "Well, in my, 
my downtime, might as well just go make some extra cash. Right. So I ended up doing that for a little while, and um, it was fun. Um, his name was Marlon. Yeah, Marlon was his name. Um, they do big numbers there too, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The pasta station, holy fuck. Yeah, we just both talked about how pasta yeah, stations were. Well, yeah, that one was the worst. Yeah, yeah not my favorite to work either. Yeah, the worst. But I, I had fun, man. I, I learned a lot. Um, you know, I learned a, a lot that I took away from that kitchen, and it was I had a great time. So Scarpet was Pal, Scarpetta, and then Q? And then Q, yeah. So I left Pau. The did, you, Pau did you open Q? Yes, from day one. Oh. Yeah, from day one. Um, you know what I mean? Like, we always talked about it. Michael was the, he was exec at um at Zuma, and we became we just had a great we just ended up having a great relationship, um more like family and you know what I mean? Like we just we always talked about it. He always talked about opening his own spot and. You know what I mean? Like for me, that was my that was my guy. So I was like, "Yo, wherever you go, I'm going." You know what I mean? And like, when he left Zuma, we stayed in touch. We talked about it. We talked about it, and you know what I mean. The time came, and it was like, "Hey, come over to my crib. Let's cook some food for the investors." You know what I mean? And we did it, me and him, um, and they, we blew him away. They, we got investment, and we opened Q. And from then, day one, it was just me and him. Yeah, you know I mean? that was like, six years ago. Six years ago, yeah. Yeah, because Q and Ariette are very similar. In age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so we, we were six years ago, and you know what I mean. I've been there. It was fun. That, that was. I, I feel like that was right at the point that like, Winwood was like you know a, a deal. Yeah, but, but not, not like really. what it is now. Yeah, not really like that street that we was on, man. Like, because it was like Panther was there and it was cool. You know, like there was a couple but there was other what? things. Winwood Kitchen, Alter, Winwood Alter Diner. Yeah, Alter. Alter was there. Um, you and know, that's so I, really it. Yeah, I mean, what uh, the Gramps was there, and then the, um, you had the um, bar that was Wood across. Tavern. Yeah, Wood. Yeah, yeah, Wood Tavern. So I mean, there was like, like there was, to me, that was a time that Winwood was still cool. Exactly, that was, was a time cool that we were going to hang out. Yeah, that, like, like now. People ask me to go to Winwood. I'm gonna be like, no, I'm not. I'm good. I'm so, like, honestly, the only reason that I I would go to Winwood is to go see you at Q. You know, and this crazy thing is like, I I thought like, for 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 the barbecue, it was like, man, we gotta get in Winwood. That's gonna be the spot. And like, we started doing this pop up at Visser Sewer, and it just wasn't what I thought it would be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not not covers wise, but just like the atmosphere. And yeah, I'm it's like, a, it's also the type of clientele that go there, right? Yeah, and I'm like, damn, like. I actually feel better in the front yard, you know what I mean, where we're doing our pop-up, and it's just... If, if you if you ask me, I'm free both days. I'm going to eat your barbecue either day. And you say, okay, I'm doing it in my front yard, which is where I've been. Or I'm doing it at Vedasaur, I'm definitely going to your house. You know what I mean? And, definitely, without And I doubt. had some, like, regulars that came to Vedasaur and been like, you know, Chef, the food's still amazing, but, like... We were out of the front yard better. It's just, yeah, a, yeah. it's just a vibe, you know. Yeah. Um, and like you gotta, you gotta listen to your clientele, right? Like where they're happy is where you make money. So yeah, for me, it's like, I was like, all right, cool. I don't know. It's just like there's a, a large part of Winwood now that feels like it has just zero fucking soul. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Like they, they putting up all these. Like it's just not what it used to be. The character there for me is gone. Like, you know, the cool thing about was about Winwood was like, you know, all the low buildings, all yeah. the like the. The garages and all, yeah, the, all the artwork. Obviously. Yeah, you know what I mean. That like, was, it was super still, cool. It was still tough, you know. Like, yeah, it like a, it was still rugged, but it was still it still had character. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, you know, not to walk in a certain street at a certain time, right? But you won't mind going and taking a chance and just hanging out and going to a bar or going to somewhere to eat, right? Like, right. 
people still loved it, you know, like the Winwood Yard. Like, they demolished that thing. That was, like, my hangout. Like, I would just go there and chill. Yeah, like, I mean, that's, like, classic developer work, right? Like, hey, yeah. we're going to give you this thing on a lease. Like, no, they're just waiting until their permit passes so they could fucking so they could, knock this motherfucker yeah. down. Which was, which was super sad, man. And then once all that shit started changing, just Winwood just started changing, man. And it just, it got too, I don't know, man. It just, it got too bougie for me. Same. You know what I mean? Like, and, and Q, for us, for me, too, like, when, you know what I mean? Like, nothing bad, but it's just, like, everything started changing, you know? Like, when Michael, um, Stephen, Lizzie, and myself, when we decided to open Q, it was like, man, like, we want anybody to come here. Short pants, flip-flops. I don't come in your fucking bikini for right. all, you know what I mean? Like, and it just started evolving over the years, which is good. Change is good, but, like, it just became the thing that now is like, man, that place is too expensive. Right? We can't go there. We can't do that. And for me, it just started to be like, damn, like, that's not what we wanted. Like, yeah. we wanted it to be cool. We wanted to be, always be hip. Like, people from any any region, any race, any club just want to want to come there and hang out. Well, I mean, just, I mean, uh, like, up until you left Q, the only, like I said, the only reason I would go to Wynwood was to go to Q. Yeah. And I've been to a couple other places around there, and I'm just kind of like, I have zero fucking reason to come back. You yeah. know, obviously Brad's not there anymore, right? No, no, um, that's gone. You know, Alter's gone, and Alter had, like, a very good history in Miami. Oh, for was, sure. I think it was a very important restaurant for Miami as well. I um, think I think that was one of the one of the reasons why a lot of people started, foodies started going to Wynwood, right? For sure. To see Brad and Alter. Right. You know what I mean? Um, cool location, cool food, good food, you know, good purpose. Same thing with Q. Uh, and the same thing with Panther Coffee. I mean, you can't take away, like, what Panther Coffee did for Wynwood is huge. Oh, for like, sure. It was the epicenter of Wynwood. Yeah, for now sure. Now there's, like, several different epicenters, right? Like, not, there is no center, you know? No, not anymore. Obviously, like, since I'm, like, a car guy, like, I'll go and I'll hang out. Like, you know, a lot of my friends have, like, donks and shit, okay. you know? There's, like, I hang out with my buddy. He's got, like, part of a 96 Impala crew or whatever. Yeah. It's, like, a very, it's a very different vibe now. Yeah. You know? And I'll go for that, which I did, like three weeks ago and i'm just like i don't recognize this place at all yeah and man. Then maybe the only other reason that i would go now is for b-side but b-side is like on the outside yeah Wynwood. it doesn't like you don't have to enter which is fine yeah you could yeah Park i see what you're saying i see what you're saying yeah you know and then you could just fucking leave like yeah, because to... if you think about it like there's a lot of spots in Wynwood that's not fully developed yet either but like where everybody is is where they're putting all these fucking big buildings yeah. And they're ugly. You know what I mean? They don't even have well, the any one characters. Right across from Q, right? Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. It's massive. <laughs> it's massive. It's like, I remember when there was a parking lot. Yeah. You know, we used to park our cars in there. You know what I mean? And that was an empty street. Like, you would not walk down 25th Street unless you were going to Q. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but now you got like a Warby Parker down the street. You got a bunch of shit. You got uh, Morimoto down the street, too. Yeah. Yeah. You got Gucci now across the street. Exactly. You know, like. Um, which, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. No, of course not. There, you know there's, I mean? there's nothing wrong with that, too, but I just feel like it's... And I forget the name of the street um, in L.A. that it's, like, super similar. Um, it's the street that the butcher's daughter is on, Angelina. And it's, like, very man-made. You know, like, they want this to be a thing, so they're just going to force the fucking... They're forcing the issue, you know? And that's yeah. what developers do, and... It's part of their job, and I get it. It just doesn't mean that I need to entertain it or go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. now it's it's going to be really tough for anyone to be like, hey, let's go to Wynwood. If, unless there's, like, old cars involved, it's going to be very difficult to get me <laughs> You know? So, like, Understood. It's just, I don't know, because I, I didn't love it to begin with. I used to love, 
like I had a romantic involvement with a couple of the coffees that were at Panther Coffee. Okay. Very, it was very romantic. It was, yeah, no, it was very romantic. It was very, like, Panther had a couple, like, uh, Chemex pour-overs that were, okay. like, fucking, they blew my mind. Okay. So, I would, they don't even do that anymore. Yeah. They don't do Chemex no, anymore. No, they don't. It's too long of a process, and I get it. I, as someone that owns a pseudo-coffee shop, like, I get it. We don't do Chemex either. <laughs> Fuck that. You know? But, I don't know. Like, I just don't. If I'm going to go to Panther, I'm going to go to their, what's the little Haiti co- location, right? That's yeah, little, further north? Yeah, that's further north, yeah. I'm going to go there. And Make they got sure a parking you know, lot. Yeah, exactly. And they got a fucking And they got the benches outside. Right. You can sit down. It's nice and quiet. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I like I like that area, too. That little Haiti, um, little river area. Like, it's, I think it's very underrated, but it's a, it's cool, man. I mean, I, there's, there, there's fucking great food out there. Yeah, there is. You know, fucking Clive's is one of my favorite places. Oh, to for to. sure. Clive's. For sure. Uh, Chef Creole, one of my favorite places to go yeah. to. Uh, Imperial Moto, one of the one of my favorite coffee shops, uh-huh. also. Um, and then now you got the guys, the boys at Lot Six, you know, carry right, and, right. Yeah, those guys are doing very, very cool shit over there. I I haven't been to Lot Six since. Uh, Lot Six for those people in Salina, Kansas, is the team that has Jaguar Sun, which is a very well known cocktail bar that had really, really great food. Uh, opened up an open air steakhouse, yeah, essentially. Yeah, Sunny's. Yeah, uh, and they did it during COVID. That's when I went. I went with Alex from hometown. Okay, okay. Right, which is a, just a delight of a human being. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Just like, such a delight of a human he, being. Yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times. He came to and Q super and talented and knows so much about fucking food. It's crazy. Like, he's an encyclopedia about all, a the, lot of, food a I, lot all of shit. the old French shit that I love. He knows all of it, which I love. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then they just revived it, right? Yeah, they brought it back, which is cool, and I love that shit. That's cool. Um, so yeah, there's good stuff happening out there. Yeah, man. Um, it feels like to me, the natural progression is like Winwood. Like Q was part of that beginning of. Well, I would say that Winwood probably started like four or five years before. Oh, Q for opened, sure, for sure, right? But I think what really like picked it up was places like Alter and Q opening. To, and to be, to, it's crazy because I've never been to Winwood until we. Sign the space, sign the lease for Q. Same. I've never other been there. other than Panther. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I not even. Panther. Like, well, because you know I, I, mean? I used to go to Panther when I worked at Cyprus. Okay, right. So it's like right down the street. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like now, and I and I go, and it's like so touristy and so kind of trashy. It's like the type. It it feels like to me this is the second coming of Ocean Drive. Heard. $150 a square foot, shitty leases, yeah. tourists everywhere. Now it's like manufactured art for certain places instead of just like an organic art scene, yeah. a graffiti scene that was... But the thing is, I, the, 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 I don't think the only difference between the beach and between Wynwood is... Wynwood, I don't know, it could die, right? The beach could never die. That's a good point. Right? Like, the beach will never die. Well, like, I think it's going to... I think... From my couple of years that I've been in Miami, I've seen a lot of, like, you know, ups and downs with the beach. Like, one time is like, fucking popping. Sure. You know what I mean? And then it's like nobody goes to the beach. And then people go to the beach again. And then nobody goes to the beach again. I can tell you all of that is a lie. It's just our perception because I own a bar on the beach, so I know very well what happens okay. there. It doesn't matter. Like, just I had to do a pop-in at our bar. Uh, today is what? Monday? Or maybe it was yesterday. I don't fucking know. But... There's a fuck ton of people there. And it's a Tuesday afternoon, like at 11, 
And it's fucking big. I can't. It took me 45 minutes to find parking to be in my bar for an hour. And it was like, it like our idea of Miami, because we're locals here, is different than what the rest of the world's idea of Miami Beach is. True. They still fucking go. Yeah, because the other day a friend of mine came to visit and they were like, oh, we're going to South Beach. And I was like, people, you're going where? But why? I was like, for what? But why? Just like, well, you know, like that's the thing you do when you come to Miami. But why? I was like, yeah, you're right. Because the first time I came to Miami when I was like to the age where I could go drive and do my own shit, I was like, I'm going to South Beach. So I was in my car because I I gave a ride to uh, my director, Rob's, and she... She's not from here, and she asked me. Uh, this is Brittany Rothwell. She's also a punk and podcast Hall of Famer. And um, she asked me. She was like, "When's the last time you like went to the beach?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" Like she was like, "Yeah, like like go to the sand." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> fuck! It must be, whew, a decade." Holy fuck! Because if I if I'm gonna go to the sand, I'm probably gonna go to Cuba Scan or something. Okay. Because okay. there's just less fucking people there. Okay. And it's easier to get in and fucking out of. That's fair. You know, like, I that's just... That's like me. Like, I've, I think every single time I went to the beach, it was Hollywood Beach. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, North Beach is so much better. Yeah, like, I used to go through... So, I used to drive down Hollywood Boulevard, and it was, like, when I was younger, and I was like, man, I love this fucking neighborhood. Like, I want to buy a house in this neighborhood when I can afford it, you know? Um, and, like, that would just be my route to the beach every time. And, like, every time I pass through, it's, like, the same thing pop in my head i'm gonna own a house in this neighborhood and last december me and my wife actually bought a house there amazing and you know what i mean like i love I, your house i thought i would have been <laughs> I, lo- I love your house. i thought i would have been fucking going to the beach more because i live five minutes like walking distance and like i actually don't go to the beach yeah. anymore and i used to go a lot before i moved that close yeah no i'm just like uh my equivalent of going to the beach is going to monty's on the water Oof. Happy birthday, Dave Arvello. <laughs> I think he was like, I want to be the barbecue guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Dave's, Dave's from Virginia. So. Yeah, that's funny. So, it's, there he is. Danger Dave himself. Destroyer Dave himself. Happy birthday, Dave Arvello, everyone. Dave now turns 936 years old. Congratulations, sir. Huh? Yeah, he's actually. Chef hey. Raheem, this Raheem, is Dave. Nice uh, Dave is my manager for all my MMA fights that I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, backtracking a bit. Hold on. Nicholas, uh, Mr. Jimenez, yes. would, would you like some uh, shitty brown liquid? I won't be drinking that. Wow. Uh, someone <laughs> has found Jesus. <laughs> that reminded me. I to go in. Last time I was here, he started like five hours late. Poof! That's right. They're gonna hunt you down. They're gonna hunt you down, <laughs> sir. Well, nobody ever asked me for a card. Pay your tab. <laughs> Pay your tab. This is not uh, a Denny's dip, sir. It's not a Denny's dip. Um, that's funny. No, 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 Daniel, come on, come on, get the fuck out of here. Danny Rosales, everyone, sous chef at Ariette. Let's clap it up for him. He's taking out the trash. Everyone who wants to be a chef, just watch as the man takes out the trash. He will be deep cleaning something also in a cu- just a couple minutes. Um, so when That's you awesome. open Q, I, I think Q is a very important restaurant for Miami. Yeah. And it, definitely uh, an important restaurant for that neighborhood. Walk me through that first, like, couple years. Man, it was just, it was fucking hard. 
I can to be, I can tell you that to be honest, it was just like really me and Mike, right? So like, you know, Mike is the guy and I'm his guy. You know what I mean? Like, and he had just started a family too. Kind of, you know what I right. mean? Like he was getting ready to start a family right when Q Q opened. So it was like I was just waiting for that day when Mike was like, "Guess what? You got to run the fucking place because I'm having a baby." You know what I mean? Like, right. and it it kind of happened. It happened like on a Sunday brunch where I was like. Fuck! What were you to do? Um, but figured it out, um, and I, you know, what I mean, like he, he trusted me to run a spot, so it just went from there, man. And you know, what I mean, like I had a lot to learn yeah, still. Um, I had a lot to learn still, but I had the team behind me. You know what I mean? Like, so the team was empowering me to be like, "Yo, you're the guy." You know, yeah, we're gonna follow you wherever you go, whatever you do. You know what I mean? Just lead us. Just tell us what you want done, and we got your back. So I would tell you just from like us being friends, because I like I know Mike, but we're not we're not tight. Um, he's always been like super great. He seems like a great guy. Yeah. But you would tell me more about things that were happening and the numbers that you guys did were. Holy real. shit! Yeah, we we're, we're doing like fucking real yeah. fucking numbers, man. Yeah, man. Um, we we, yeah. I mean, like there there's a there was a time we were doing nothing less than three hundred covers a night, right? And at that time we had what. 96, 97 seats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's turning um, the room three times, everyone. And for people who don't know about restaurants, that's not fucking easy. It's not, right? But I think that was a cool part about the concept that we did. We were just kind of like order fire. Like, as it comes in, it goes out. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what course you're on, where you're at. Like, you might get a vegetable before you get a fucking you know, sashimi dish. You know what I mean? And, and that's just the way it is. And people understand it. Uh, like... Obviously, everyone knows I'm very opinionated about food and restaurants in general, but I, I really do enjoy Q a lot, um, especially when you and Mike were there. Like, I, uh, how many times did I take my team for lunch there? Oh, man. Like a good bit of times. And I think you brought your sister for like birthday once. Yeah, I did. I did yeah. brought my sister for her birthday. And, you know, like, it's just like, uh, and then actually, I think my sister celebrated her anniversary without me. Yeah, without you. Yeah. Uh, to her, she went with her husband. And, yeah, I mean, it's just like a really enjoyable space. It's a fun space, and I think like the food was fun, enjoyable, interesting, super solid every time. Never once had a had a meal that was like that was just okay. It was always like yeah, it was fucking good. Yeah, it was fucking delicious. And I think I think that's what it, for us that's what that's what our like our goal was, right? It's just like how do you create good food all the time? All the time, right? Like and that's how all the other spots, like all the big chains are. are Houston's. Houston's, or you just take it back to like McDonald's, right? Like, why does everybody go to McDonald's? It's because it's consistent all the time, right? It's the same shit all parts of the world, and you know what I mean. For us, it was like, how do we create food like that? You know what I mean? And I think it was very technique driven. Like people didn't see that part. Like it seems super simple, but like a lot of the fucking shit that we did was a lot of work prep wise. Yeah, like heavy prep and small pickup, right? For instance, like, we made that ju- duck juice sauce. We had to make a chicken stock. Then we take a chicken stock, roast the duck bones. <laughs> then we made a, a brown brown duck chicken stock, right? Right, right? Take that, turn around, and make a duck juice with it. Like, it was like like three days of just fucking sauce making just to make a sauce to go on a plate right. with a piece of protein, right? And people was like, damn, this shit is really good. But it just seems super simple, right? It seemed like I just took a sauce and put on the plate yeah. but just to pick up behind that was so much you know well they i mean i like the way that i 
I like to build our concepts is you prep heavy, so pickup is easy. Oh, for sure. Always. For sure. I mean, you, you prep heavy, so the pickup is... Super easy. E- even if it's not easy, it's easier. And I think that's that's the only way you get to execute a shitload of covers, right? Right. And turn your restaurant multiple times because, like, it needs to be, okay, we put in this on the plate and that's it. It's going out. You know what I mean? Not like, oh, I'm trying to fucking cook a whole bunch of shit. Like, that part of my career was over at that time. It was just like, for me, it's like, I don't want to do small, intricate shit. I just want right. to do solid food. Well, I mean, I, I think the biggest... Like, how you could tell a cook is, one, super confident, two, educated, and three, experienced, is when there's less is more. Oh, for sure. Like, every time that we talk about food with within our team, let's say Ariad, for example, um, we'll sit in a room, collaborate within each other, and then I'll, I'll ask them, okay, so now we have a dish. Now, can you strip three things off this dish and it still be very good? Yeah. Like, can, can you execute, like, all those little, like, oh, but what if we did this, and what if we added, like, this, and what if we added this little thing, and it's just like, okay. So what if none of that was needed? Does this dish still hold water with three components? Which is, to me, the, the like, the best show of, like, a great chef is, like, can you execute with a three-component dish that all three can be intricate and be interesting on their own? Do they work well together, and do you need a bunch of other shit to make it make sense? Exactly. Which is yeah, tough. And yeah, tough. I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, you know what I mean? I and I think I think honestly, like we 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 did that very well at Q. Um, you know what I mean? It was just all about the protein or whatever it was we were using the veggie or the fruit or whatever. Like it was always based on that ingredient, and then a couple things that follow. Right? Not, right? Not much. I don't need a million things in a sauce. I don't. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't need all that. I just needed to keep it super simple. And, and and straight to the point, right? And we made a, a recipe for everything. And, like, what I used to try to tell everyone every day, you know, is just taste everything because yeah. no ingredient is the same. No tomato is the same. No, no, nothing is the same. Like, everything come in different. So no matter if we give you a recipe, that's just a guideline for to help you be successful to execute something that we want you to execute. Right. But if you don't know what it tastes like from the jump, like, if you wasn't tasting it over and over, you're not going to know if that tomato was too acidic or it's too sweet right or do you need to add a little more salt because you know what i mean like you you won't know i mean and, and salt is definitely to taste always oh for sure it's always to taste you know always. what i mean like yeah, we could we could put a gram on because like i want you to know that okay yeah if you put eight grams it's still gonna be good but it's not gonna be great if you don't taste the fucking thing and make sure that it tastes like yesterday's right or the day before that you know what, what was the ideology behind the food at Q? Like, what was the the menu? Like, obviously, I know because I've eaten there, but, like, so everyone understands. It was kind of, like, barbecue-ish, but it was Asian-inspired. Yeah. It was, you know, I know to be honestly, Yeah, to be honestly, we just did what the fuck we wanted to do, to be honest. a great place to be. You know what I mean? Like, it was, we had the, you know, like, we, we, I still don't know how to classify it. Like, we'd say it was Asian barbecue or Asian inspired. Um, and for me, Asian inspired is literally sometimes we make a dish and there's one Asian ingredient right, in the right. fucking thing. We add a little, like, you know, we just a add like, of soy sauce. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, but I think that's what made it cool. Like, it, 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 there was no limits to it. Like, I think when you stop cooking like that, it's like, oh, this is just Italian or this is just French. Like, you just cook. You just cook yeah. because you love to cook. Like, 
I want to put a pound of butter in a fucking sauce. I'm going to put a pound of butter in the sauce. Like, amen, amen to that. There's no... Woo! You know what I mean? Like, pound of butter that sauce. Yeah, there's no... There's that no, sauce about to get pounded. You Saw understand? That? <laughs> put, that on the, put that on the shirt. But yeah, there's no, like... There wasn't any boundaries. We and did what we... It's like a picture of a pound of butter? Yeah. That. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, we did what we right wanted. Down, you know right what I'm down. saying? We did yeah. what we wanted. And then, you know, we had the, definitely the barbecue aspect to it. Like, we did the beef, the short rib, the duck, stuff like that. Um duck was delicious out of the out of the smoker which was pretty cool and that's where i started actually smoking like um you know michael taught me how to how to do the brisket and the short raven stuff and we got pretty good at it and you know during the pandemic i was like fuck it like i'm home doing nothing like let's do something you know how was the pandemic for you it was actually i was actually chilling like i was actually like it was nerve-wracking a little bit right because like this virus, nobody knows what's going on. No cure, no this, no that. Like, so you you didn't know what was to come. But for me, it was like a much needed break. Like I needed a break. Like sure. Um, and we actually did stuff. You know, like we you know deep clean the restaurant. Um, you know, Michael and Stephen being great great people that they are. They stayed kept all all of us on payroll, so we are still getting paid. Um, and a lot that's of that's that's amazing. Yeah, like that's super unheard of, and it's so rare. Like, yeah, man. I, like, I I just know from like where I sit because we kept a lot of managers on payroll, decreased salaries, but still we kept thirty five managers on payroll. Yeah, it man. Was like, it was tough. So we, I think we saw one paycheck at a, like a not even three quarters of the paycheck like decreased like you know that's I mean, crazy um and then we went right back to 100 percent um and it was cool like you know what i mean like we did take out which for me like no our food is not for takeout but we still did it because people wanted it right of course i mean we had no choice right? yeah we we still did it and, and like a lot of the the purveyors were actually very supportive you know uh, Mr. Greens for sure. Robert Arthur at the time was there. We have um, we have he, Mr. Greens as well. Yeah, he was selling us a bunch of um, like they were selling us like a bunch of shit that was you know like they can't use or right. And we were just packing bags and giving them out to the staff so the staff could have food. You know, like we did the same, veggies man. and fruits and stuff like that. So I think it was pretty cool doing that every week. We would do that and then you know what I mean I was just going in the restaurant and check everything, make sure it's hang out there. Sometimes just fucking doing nothing. Right. Um, just to get out of the house because I felt like I was just going to go crazy. I think I've cooked more food during the pandemic in my house than I've ever cooked in my whole entire I life. I bet. I was just making shit. I bet. Yeah, baking bread, shit that I don't like to do, I was doing. Oh, man, I can't do that. <laughs> I was like, well, you know what I mean? Like, I always said that, you know, I like to bake. I like to, I like pastry, but I don't have the patience for it. Now I have no choice. I got nothing to do. Right. So I just did it. You know? What do you mean? Um, you make it all the coconut cakes. Well, yeah, like I have a, that. I didn't have a choice. It was like it was like for me, those Mike. for those who have not had the coconut cake at, at Q, <laughs> Chef Raheem here throws down a fucking delicious coconut cake. Thanks to Mike's mom. Mike's mom. She that was Mike's mom's recipe. Yeah, she, she, hooked, she hooked. She hooked it up. She hooked delicious. it up. Um, um, the first time I made it, it was like a fucking topsy turvy cake. Like we had it sitting on the at that at that time it was just the line. You saw like the kitchen. Yeah. That's all we had. We didn't have anything in the back. We didn't have none of that shit. So pastry came out of garbage. It was the hardest thing ever. Um, and we would have the cooking a cake in a glass case. And the shit would just start sliding. 
It would start <laughs> like you'll see it start shifting, and when you want to cut it, you gotta push it back. Yeah, you gotta together. push it back together and cut it. <laughs> so yeah, I went and then we took the recipe a couple of times to make sure make sure that it's like okay, it could work for restaurants. You know what I mean? Um, but Mike mom sent the base of the recipe, and it, it's a it's a badass recipe. Oh man, it's delicious. Yeah, I mean, I'll, shout out I'll, to Mike mom for sure. I'll never I'll never go to Q and not have the coconut cake. Yeah, man. Like I stopped eating it though. Like I no, love I mean, it. You have to though. I like, love it, but I just had to. Like I couldn't do it anymore, bro. Like. It's just too much. I eat that shit too much. I am sick of it. I was just sick of seeing it because how much time I made it. And then we went to open Mexico City. Same shit again. We didn't have a pastry chef, right? Who did all the pastries? I did. So I had to fuck. I was stuck over there doing pastries again. Oh, making coconut cake in Mexico. The first funny story. So I'm I'm over there and I'm like, yo, Mike, you think we should make the fucking cake the way it is or we should adjust it to the altitude? He's like, nah, just make it how it is. For the first time. I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah. So, made it. Put it in the oven. Started rising. I was like, ah, cool. It worked. Two seconds later, it went. <laughs> blew up in the fucking oven. So, now we got cooking all over the oven. So, I'm like, yo. So, it took me it took me at least a fucking month to no get shit. all the, everything adjusted to to altitude over there. Because it was, it was interesting. Yeah. So, I did a lot of baking over there, too. Not a lot of cooking. Not a lot of But cooking. it was fun. It was fun. How was Q Mexico? So, I mean, the, I mean, the whole thing was like five years later, you guys opened up a Q in Mexico City, right? In Mexico City, yeah. Right. And then literally the day we were going to open, the week we were going to open, the pandemic happened. That's when things started oh. shutting down in Miami. Right. So, you know, Mike was like, dude, you got, we, you got to get back because you got to figure out what the fuck's going on in Miami, you know? So, I got back and it was just like from one day to the next, it was like, okay, cool. Got back, we're still open. Next day was 50%. Next day was, oh, 25%. Oh, guess what? We're shutting you down. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you do? Yeah, I remember you know what that I mean? So, um, that happened, and we just we just kept busy, man. We just kept busy doing different things, and you know what I mean? Um, I, I actually, like I said, I enjoyed it. I needed a break, so I couldn't. Complain. I don't know. Like, I, I'm the kind of person, like, if I have a break, like, uh, mentally, I, I struggle super hard. Maybe because I've never taken a huge break. So, you know, during the pandemic, I worked a lot. I mean, we also had to, like, pivot and keep – we had to keep the bag secure, Yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, I, I did a lot of work at that time for that. We also – before the pandemic kind of happened, we had a lot of deals that were towards the end of, and then they were just stopped. Yeah. And it was like, well – I had a few interesting opportunities to like, you know, Ariad had never been closed since the day that it opened. Um, so I had the opportunity to like re-envision the restaurant a bit, which I did. And then at the same time, work on these other projects that we had been working on, but I had been working on them while I was working on like actually working. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to like sit down and really like spec all these things out i mean they, you know construction was pushed back city was closed like everything was through a zoom call i didn't even know what the fuck zoom was like you know like <laughs> yeah trust me it's like i was... like a, like a bunch of that like it was weird you know like doing work on kitchens and plans like all through zoom is like infuriating for me yeah so um it was a long process of just kind of like grinding through all that but i mean isn't that the time that barbecue started yeah barbecue started around that time um you know what i mean like i said we were home doing nothing and i was like 
You know what I mean? Like one day we were doing takeout service and I was on the line and I was one day I was like, and I said to my, my to Mark, I was like, yo, um, we should do barbecue, bro. Like we should just sell something, sell some, like even if we just go buy like a Home Depot grill and just grill some shit and just be like, yo, guess what? We're selling chicken, just anything, just sell something. Um, and it was like, nah, that's, that's not us. We can't do that. We got to do something different. So got a smoker. Um, and I, I told Mark, I was like, I'm going to park this shit right in your front yard, down that dead end street. And yeah, we're going to do barbecue. And everybody thought it was crazy. It's like, nah, nobody's going to come here for barbecue. I was shit. like, I was like, what the fuck we got to lose? We, we home doing nothing. A couple hundred bucks. Like we're getting paid. Like what, what are you worried about? So, you know, we started doing that. And right when we started doing that, funnily, um, I had to go to Mexico City. That's when oh, yeah. Mexico City kind of started happening. Um, so first week open, then flew to Mexico. And my wife, man, best thing that ever happened to me, honestly, because that woman hold me down while I was gone doing all the shopping. She went to Jetro, get all the shit that she needed, put it in her car. We lived in an apartment at the time, took it up to the second floor, cooked it all, bring it back down, take it to Mark, like... She, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, life life has definitely been a lot different since that woman came into my life. Amazing. Um, you know, shout out to my wife. Dope. Awesome, awesome lady. Um, and, yeah, man, like, it just started like that. And it was just literally true Instagram. And if you knew, you knew. And that's all we wanted to do. Like, we just wanted to get it in a couple of people's mouth and see what they think. And people just started coming back. And this person told that person and that person. And literally, it just started going. And I just, you know, I never really been big on Instagram. But as, like, barbecue started happening, I started getting into it more because I wanted to see where we were going. And, like, it went from 1,000 today to, like, in a week, 3,000. And we're up to, like, almost 10,000 followers just organically. No organically. PR, no anything. You know what I mean? Like, there's a couple people that came and did stories on us and everything. And, like, we didn't ask. You know what I mean? They just showed up and be like, yo, we want to write a piece. And I was like, oh, dope. You know what I mean? And for people that know me, I could give two fucks about stories and press and all that. Like, I just want to serve good food, man. Like, if the press come, cool. If they don't come, who gives a fuck? Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to do what we do anyway. Right. Um, and once the people enjoy it, that's all that matters to me. So. Well, people um, enjoy it. They yeah. enjoy it a lot. Yeah, man. Like, even during, like, when we shut down for Christmas and New Year's, the first time in my life that I could have done that. Um, I was getting calls left and right. Like, yo, why? Like, come on, at least just do a catering for us. Like we'll, we'll make it worth your while. And I'm like, as tempting, as tempting as this sound to make a little extra money for the holidays, I'm good. Families come first this year. Like this is just family. So, um, right now we're going to get ready to open back this weekend. And like the orders just started rolling in already, man. Like amazing. It's just like, holy fuck. It was like, we never left. You know what I mean? And, and that's a blessing. That's, that's a blessing. blessing. Yeah, that's a blessing. I mean, that just me. It, it just proves that good food prevails. Oh, for sure. And I think it doesn't matter where the food is. If it's good, people comes. Oh, man. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, man. I, I say I, that shit all the time. If like, I don't care where your restaurant is. Look where Aboya Day is. Oh, but it's right? good. It's fucking delicious. Yeah. And, and people we all fucking go. go. Yeah, we all go. Not just us. Everybody. Everybody. Goes. Oh, for sure. There's Everybody. People. Like the other day, somebody was like, "Hey, can you get us a table at Boya Day?" I was like, "Who the fuck you think I am? Yeah, I'm just re- I'm just a regular guy, man." They got like 
18 seats. I was like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to, like, for me, that's kind of fucked up. For me, like, yo, chef, can I get a table for a friend that's coming in? Fuck everybody else that had reservation. Can you get me a seat? Like, I can't do that, man. Like, that's not the way, you know, I roll. So, I just be like, nowadays when people ask me for reservations, no, I, I don't know that person. I mean, people text me all the time. Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like, if you're not at the spot that I'm coming, I'm not trying to reach out and do all that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just too much, man. Yeah. Just too much. Like, you know, people got to understand, like, it's just like, we love you guys, but some things we just can't do. Oh, I mean, people don't understand. <laughs> people don't understand. It would be ideal if people understood. Yeah. Like, oh, man, what a dick. He doesn't want to help me out, get my reservation that I wasn't properly prepared for. Yeah, and it's like, you call me the day of the reservation to get the reservation. What kind of shit is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't get You should have planned properly. It's like, go next month. If somebody called me and text me for New Year's, it's like, oh, can you get me in the queue? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, no, it's not happening. Like, no. that's not what we, that's not how we do things. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know what I mean? When I can help, I help. And when I can't help, I just can't. Well, I mean, you have a very, like, uh, you're a good-hearted person. Yeah. You know, you're a good-hearted guy. I, my favorite Raheem story, there's a lot of several good ones, but um, our chef at Chugs used to work for you. Oh, yeah. For she a did. long, for a long time. For a very long time, yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I had known of her through you. And I knew that she was Cuban, and I knew that um, she had chops. So, like, I knew that she was in Mexico, right? Yeah, she was in Mexico, yeah. And um, I saw that she had come back, and I texted you. I was like, oh, Monica's back. He's like, and you were like, yeah, she's working at Q again. I was like, oh, man. You know, I mean, oh, so she's she's with you again? You said, yeah. And I was like, oh, I was going to offer her a job. And he's like, no, 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 offer her a job. Yeah. like Offer her a job. I mean, for what job? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for a chef. Oh, offer her a job. Yeah, for me, I think, like, why would I stop her from growing, you know right. what I mean? Like, because um, I wouldn't want to Yeah, but nine, 99% of people wouldn't say that. I know, but, like, for me, it's like, she was, she's young, you know, she has a lot of passion. Mm-hmm. Um, she loves to cook, she loves food, she studies food. Um, and I, for me, it's like, okay, I taught her everything that I knew at Q, you know what I mean? She needs to keep learning. That's the only how she's going to become well, fucking proper, right? Like, I mean, on top of learning, she, uh, I like, you know, at Chugs, she's had the opportunity to do her. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, the with certain concepts as we grow, it's like, I, I mean, it's not just about me. Like, I can, I can build the concept and I can obviously, like, build a ton of the food. But if we put a very good person in place, like, that person's got to grow and that person needs to have ownership of menu. For sure. You know, so that they feel like they're a part of the thing. And she's definitely done that. And she's done great work. Um, I think she's grown a lot in the time that she's been with us. And I think that she's done really, really solid work. I, I don't think that Chugs would be what it is now without her. You oh, know? that's dope. Man. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, one, to have a friend like you. And two, because, you know, she decided to take the job. Yeah, and like I told her, she was scared about it. I was like, yo, like, you can't be, like, you're going to learn. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, she, everybody don't know everything. You know what right. I mean? Like, who gives a fuck if you know the cost of menu or not, a recipe or not? Like, he's going to teach you. Like, if, you know Oh, what she's mean? learned. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Learned. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for her, she's like, no, nah, I don't know. I'm like, yo, it's not. Like, this is your opportunity to be able to do you. This is yeah. what you've been telling me you wanted to do for the longest, right? Like, you want to cook Cuban food. You want to mix it up. I was like, there you go. This is an opportunity. Just don't fucking turn it down. I mean, you. It's a ver- there's a very distinct... Monica dish to my dish. 
Oh, for sure. Very, very distinct. And, <laughs> and like, I, I can see it, obviously, because of style difference. And I, I love her food. I think it's fucking delicious. And every time she puts food up for me, I think it's amazing. Yeah, man. I you think... know, and she just has to grow into that role of being the chef, the boss, the leader of a group of people. And that takes a lot of time. It oh, takes sure. a lot of time and a lot of patience. And, and it's it, like, and it took me a lot of time too, right? Like, sure. me yeah, too. And it didn't happen overnight, you know what I mean? But the good thing is having somebody that believe in you and got your back to give you the opportunity to do that, right? There's a lot of people that won't give us that opportunity. You know, I, like when um, when I wanted to hire her, and I, you know, obviously there's a ton of people in my room that will tell me a lot of their opinions. Yeah, of course. And you know, and and that's what they're paid to do. But, like, when I have a gut feeling and when I have, like, a sensibility about a, a human being, like, I was a certain way at one time, too. If no one ever took a chance on me, I would be fucked. Exactly. Right? And, like, I just feel like, yeah, I mean, she's going to struggle. Every chef, like, new chef in a role is going to struggle. Right? But if you have the chops, you can fight your way through it. Because the chops is going to get you there. All the other stuff you got to work on. Right? Yeah. And there's, like, corporate people that are going to get you there. And there's corporate people that are going to drill you on shit. And there's, like... But in essence, if the food you put on the plate is right, then the food that you put on the plate is right. Yeah. And that's what matters. And and one thing I always respect about her, she's not scared to work. No, no, no. She's not scared to work, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I, and, like, man, it, fr- it frustrates me so much, though. You know, like... <laughs> it, but not with her, just in... I have a few chefs like that. That's, yeah. like, I want you to go home. Yeah, not her. Go home. It's like you gotta be like, yo, I'm. Is that, go home? I'm gonna fire you. Yeah, go go home. <laughs> it's like that. Like, and it's like so. Like I'm like I'm working expo. I look at my my watch and I just be like, go home. She's like, no, 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 I'm going home. Okay. Forty five minutes later, why are you still fucking here? Exactly, man. There was times like in Mexico City, we're there and she's like, she's there. I'm like, yo, you know I'm here, right? Like you know you could go home, right? She's like, no, 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 chef, it's not your responsibility. I'm like, yo, go the fuck home. Like, I got this. Like, I could do this with, with my eyes closed. Just go home and relax. Yeah, Take yeah. some time off. Like, chill. Because when I leave, you're not going to be able to go home. No, I mean, and not, and like now, obviously, I've been at Ariette pretty much every day for the last six weeks. Like, I'll go over there and say, why are you here? What do you mean? Well, you don't want me here? No, 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 why are you here? I'm like, I, I just want to hang out. Is it okay? <laughs> and she's just like... Was there something wrong? No, nothing's wrong. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, she's like, like yeah. She's... I'm just, I like, you know, I'm just like, I miss you guys. I can't yeah. miss you guys. Like, what the fuck? But I, and I, I have a lot of respect for that because I've been like that my whole career too. Yeah, you yeah, know, like, man, go, like, like Chef Manny at Ariette is the same fucking way. You know I mean, and it came to that point too. Like, even my team at Q, man, like all my my sous chefs and stuff. Like, I could have rolled in there at ten o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? And leave at three o'clock and know that service is gonna be fine. Because, like, my chef in the morning made sure everything was set up, ready to go. And then my guys that came in in the night just knew that, okay, this is how we're going to rock service. And that's sure. it. And, you know what I mean? Like, it's blessed when you have a team like that. Like, Oh, uh, it's a blessing. When people can, like, actually have your back and you know that you don't have to worry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was that was the best part about my... my it, and, and it's, you know, like, obviously there's a massive labor shortage in the entire world. Oh, for sure. And whatever. And, like... The way I tell people all the time is like, in the world of food, you're always short cooks. Oh, always. Now. You never have enough. Now, I feel like it's more than ever, but 
you're always short on cooks. When you find that like very special group of people that believe in a thing, it's it's a very special experience. It's very rare. You know, it's a blessing because it's going to go away. Yeah. It's going to go away and enjoy it while it's there. Yeah, and you just got to take care of them too, right? Like, you take care of your crew, man. They stick, they stick with you, right? Like, man, like, if I didn't tell everybody, like, when I was leaving Q, if I didn't tell them to say, yo, stay here. I got nowhere to fucking put you. Right. They all would have, like, yo, chef, where are you going? Can we go with you? I'm like, no, like, I'm actually going to take a break. You know what I mean? Like, you guys need to stay here. This is a steady paycheck for you guys. You know what I mean? Like, don't quit. But, you know what I mean? Like, every day, it's like, yo, chef, you got something yet? You got something yet? Like, nah, bro. Like, you guys, chill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm just not that guy to do that either. You know what I mean? Like, not because I leave someplace, I'm going to be like, yo, let's fucking go. Like, that's kind of fucked up. You know, Q is still part of our legacy, right? Like, that's what we did. That's, you know what I mean? That's never going to go away. Our name is always going to be attached to it. So, if it fails, for me, I feel like it's, we're, we're failures. We, we let it fail. So, if I could if I could prolong that, right, I feel good about myself. You know what I mean? I did the right thing. For sure. I mean, I, I still, it still pains me, like, um, how the ending of the Cypress Room happened. Because I put, like, so much effort and, like, parts of my life into that place. And, you know, everyone always remembers it as, like, that really great restaurant that closed. You know, and it's like, even now I'm like, fuck, man, that restaurant shouldn't be closed. It should be open, serving the same food and that same beet salad and that same fucking consomme with the egg and the whole thing. Yeah. Like, it was so special, you know. And I even now, like, I feel like that was part of my failure. I left before it closed, and then rebranded and then closed. But still, like, it's part of the legacy, you know. Yeah. And it and it's tough. It's t- for people who really care. It's tough to live with. Oh, for sure. You know. But it is part of your story, my story. The I, I mean, the stories are, are deep, right? Oh, yeah, man. Like, that, if those walls could talk. <laughs> man, if the Cypress Room walls could talk, the fucking stories that it would say, the, the books. Fucking, especially the walk-in cooler. The, the, like, the fucking, you know, like, our walk-in was outside. Yeah, same. Ours was like, you had to kind of go through the back door. So And it was, yeah. It was always like, uh, it was like three parking spots right next to the walk-in. And it was just like, that's where we would like, there would be a bottle of something. And we'd just be hanging out and talking shit after service and blah, blah, yeah. and this, that. It's like, maybe the outside walls of the walk-in could talk also. Like, it would be quite the story. It would be, I'm telling you, you write a book. Yeah. Yeah, you could write a book <laughs> yeah. off of those stories. I'm Definitely. telling you. Well, the Cide is getting a little free ad space from us. This is us uh, giving back to Cuba. They're uh, getting all the love they deserve. That's right. So they gave us some talking points here. I'm going to read them, but yeah. we're going to do a little bit of riffing. All right, yeah, cool. You read them, though. Did you know, Michael, that the last free and fair elections in Cuba were held more than 70 years ago? That's one of the least shocking statements I've ever heard. Too many years. Yeah. Cuba wants to change. Cubans deserve to be free citizens with equal opportunities for all. Cuba Decide is a citizen initiative that is working toward a prosperous and happy Cuba where all citizens are equal under the law and have equal access to opportunities for improvement, a democracy in which our right to choose and be chosen is respected. Mike, we had Rosa Maria Payá, uh, founder of Cuba Decide, on the podcast. Um, you know, and, and it's a topic, obviously, that... Uh, is, is important to the two of us. And you had a lot to say about um, how the being 
denied those rights all this time plays into your mission uh, sure. with Ariette and Chugs. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think the the fact that we haven't, as I think a community, as a culture, as being Cubans and Cuban-Americans, the fact that we haven't had an opportunity to grow, haven't had the opportunity to progress and to be really who we are, has really shaped a lot of what I decided to, like, my personal mission to be. And meeting people like Rosa Maria and, like, several others like her in this process have nothing but uh, solidified that that goal for me. And to know that, I think one thing, I think it, it also happens a lot in our, like, in our age group, um, feeling like you're alone in that process, feeling like that you... You're the only one that kind of feels, uh, I guess, a sense of being lost um, because you don't really know where you came from, why you're here, all those things. But in reality, there's other people living the same kind of life and not only living that life, fighting to change right. what history has um, just kind of made it to be so, right? Because right. it's like 70 plus years without free election after a while, people just forget that there was ever a free election and that things should be a certain way. And there's other people fighting that fight to make sure that this doesn't stay that way. Right. So like you said, there are people who are fighting to make sure that it doesn't stay that way. And that's one of the kind of, uh, not a paradox, but one of the contradictions, right, that we've been shaped by this reality that none of us want to see continue. Right. Uh, so that is a wide initiative that includes Cubans on the island and around the world, along with international friends who together work tirelessly to achieve a peaceful change. They fight for a democratic Cuba and are closer than ever to achieving that goal. So what's the strategy? It's the peaceful mobilization of Cubans and the international community, putting pressure so that the people can live in a democratic system and be free. You can follow Cuba Decide. That's Cuba Decide. It means Cuba Decides in, in Spanish. Cuba Decide in all social media platforms at Cuba Decide. That's Cuba, D-E-C-I-D-E, Cuba Decide, Cuba Decide. To learn more or join Cuba Decide and donate at cubadecide.org slash donations. The funds raised go to train promoters, recharge cell phones, meaning uh, to keep cell phones active and connected to the Internet, uh, produce promotional materials on the island, generate international support, and much more. So go to cubadecide.org slash donations. If you put Pan Kong Podcast in the memo field in the, dona in the donations, that will signal to them that that money should go to keeping phones in Cuba connected to uh, the Internet. Brought to you by Pig Ink Apparel. Pig Ink Apparel was started in 2012. 2012. Okay. It's, it's a, that's an actual statement. It was started in okay. 2012. Um, I was sitting at a bar having a drink, and then I drew this like logo very poorly on a napkin, and I drew a name on a napkin. And the entire purpose of uh, starting this apparel line uh, was because when my family came here from Cuba, the uh, what sustained them financially was making clothes. Okay. So my grandmother, she's a G and like a super hustler, and she got on consignment like a thousand yards of jean, and she bought, she made a deal with a friend, uh, her and my grand, grandfather made a deal with a friend to like pay off the sewing machine, and then they put it in their house. And my uh, aunt, uncle, and mother with my grandparents started sewing jeans. And then they started selling said jeans. And then from that company, um, my grandmother started a company with my father 
called H&D Fashions. And we did textiles forever, um, 25 plus years until sadly the company closed. We had um, two factories in the Dominican Republic and one here in Miami. And that's really what sustained my like childhood. I grew up in um, in clothing factories my entire life. You know, like it's a very interesting place to be in. It's like these weird, like gigantic shelves of just huge rolls of fabric, and then these gigantic uh, tables of uh, ladies cutting shirts, and then going from one place to the next, and then going all the way down this like conveyor belt to like the ones that would sew it, and then they would sew it, and then they would print it, and they would do the whole thing. And it's just like what I grew up with. So it was a small thing that in 2012. Uh, which I had no business doing because I had like zero money to actually make it like an actual thing. Um, I was like, you know, I just want to come up with some like cool designs that are lifestyle, food oriented, chef oriented that aren't so chachi. And um, you see a lot of the chachi food stuff like uh, your radishes are wild. Like we, we don't do stuff like that. So, you know, we're making like a hard comeback. Our, um, um, my partners and I have decided to reinvigorate the brand and bring it back. Our logo lives on within our hospitality company and uh, obviously through the merchandise line. And we just dropped our website within the last three weeks. And we have some great designs that some local guys helped me do. Um, they're all, I think, super dope. And, you know, it ranges everything from like work shirts. Um, when I say work shirts, it's actually the shirts that my staff wears to work to, you know, cooler designs and nicer fabrics and nicer shirts that you can wear out and kind of like hang out in for the mm -hmm. day. But, you know, Pig Ink has always been like a passion project for me. Um, it's always been something that's never been for money or whatever. It's more of just like the story. And I think it's cool and I think it's fun. And um, there's a way to help people within the process, too. And I think that, you know, what we're doing with Cuba de Cide and what we've done with other people in the past and probably what we'll continue to do in the future with donating to charities. And um, overall, I, I think it's I think it's a cool thing. Good shit. So when pigs fly, M.I.A. dot com, that's where you get all of that stuff. Do you have like a personal favorite item? If you could only have one. I honestly well, you only have one for yourself. I, I mean, I think it's because I'm super biased because I love the original Ariette shirt. So the new shirt that we're dropping for, um, you know, cool to see this probably my favorite one that I wear the most. Um, so I think that that's super dope. Um, the Reservoir Pigs one is like very cool too. I'm a big fan of the hats, like the beanie I'm wearing right now. Um, you know. I like very simple like yeah. designs, so I don't like. There's, it's never going to be a lot, a lot of things happening. It's usually pretty simple, but yeah, I would say those are my favorite things. The dad hats are my favorite. Like the khaki, okay. the khaki dad hat is khaki like hat. is super dope. Yeah. Um, the jersey has been in a rap video. Yeah, I mean the jersey so is very that. cool. The the area jersey, the Chugs varsity jacket. Is also very dope. Um, there's really not many of those, but uh, they will be going to reprint soon. So, you know, I mean, it's really like, I feel terrible saying this, but it's like pretty much everything I wear every day. So I like them all. Right. Yeah. All right. WhenPigsFlyMIA.com. That's it. Go buy some shit. Go give Mike all your money. Yeah. 
All of it. Very good. Yep. Man, I fucking went and walking after some services and just fucking let it loose. Tears. Te- oh. oh, man. Today I was uh, rough telling my two sous chefs that were working in line today. I was like, you know, I want just like a regular me talk, like the walk-in needs to look fucking perfect when I get here in the morning and when Chef Manny gets here because he gets here before me, like it needs to be perfect, right? Yeah. Like you want your chefs to walk into like a very nice oh, situation sure. the next day. They're like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, we got it, we got it, we got it. And then, you know, like, they're all, like, talking shit or whatever. They're picking up a couple tickets. And I tell them a story. Like, when I was at Cyprus, Roel was so big on the walk-in. And I had never really been introduced into that, like, that kind of culture so heavily. And, man, I used to have nightmares about the walk-in. Just, like, nightmares. Like, pure fucking nightmares. Like, that I would fix the walk-in. I would turn around. And then I would turn back around, I was fucked up again, and then it would grow like 50 feet, and then it would just fall on me. And then I would wake up in the middle of the night, and pulse would like, fuck! And I'd be like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's 4.30 in the morning, go back to bed. And I'd be like, fuck! Shit! Okay. We're good. Everything's fine. You fixed the walk-in. The walk- you did the walk-in, right? Okay, yeah. all right. Go back to bed. Yeah, man. Like, fuck. There's times I will fucking jump out of my sleep. Oh, fuck. I forgot to order this. Or I forgot to oh, do this. Fish, oh, I forgot. Fish was oh, always the, my the worst. Because it's the one thing that we order at the end of the night, right? And, like, sometime I will go home and I was like, all right, cool. Everything is Yeah, done. I'm going to have a drink. Go I'm to sleep. Relax. I'm going to smoke a joint. Fucking jump up and be like, oh, fuck the fish. I forgot to order the fish. Yeah. And I'm like, Texting the guy at like four in the morning, like, hey, yo, hey, make, sorry, late text. Make sure the fucking fish gets here <laughs> early in the morning. It was like, yo. Even if you can't, just let me know. I'll pick it up. I'll yeah. drive it to oh, the restaurant. Yeah. Like, whatever it takes so I don't look like an idiot. You uh, know what I mean? Like, I think that was a cool shit. Like, I always wanted to, you know what I mean? I went, I always want to try to go above and beyond. But, like, for me, Q was home. Like, yeah. that was my end all. Like, that was my goal to just be like, yo, we're going to rock out here. We're going to open more. And that's that's it. Like, I don't want to do anything else. These are my guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what we're going to do. And, um, yeah, it didn't happen that way. But. You know, like I said, I still wish all of all of them success, and I hope it I hope it lasts. It'll last. Um, it's gonna be there for for a while. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, I'm just looking forward to the future. You know what I mean? So let's talk about future. <laughs> let's talk about future. Um, well, right now, like, there's not not much to talk about. Okay. Right, like, I'm working on getting the barbecue a permanent home. Okay. Um, I think it at least deserves a try. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it's gonna fucking crush it. But yeah, yeah, I think I think it deserves that. So, like, I think that's my number one goal. Um, I have a really cool project that I'm working on, um, on the beach. Actually, oh yeah, yeah, look yeah. at that. Actually, Another reason, beach. actually, an actual reason to go to the beach. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Um, you know, some guys that I knew reached out and I was like, hey, you know, you want to do something together? I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the right people, I would. And yeah. I was like, yeah, like, this ain't no bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, this is yours. I was like, really? Oh, that's cool. And, like, two days later, I got a fucking email, full contract, like, ready to go. So, you know, right now, I'm just we're just in the consultant type stage, you know, designing kitchens and shit like that. So, that's pretty fun. I got that going on. Um, I find a lot of fun in designing kitchens. Oh, it's... Because so it's fun. like... But the thing is, like, for me, I need to be in the space... Oh, Does that ever happen to you? No, I mean, so it's funny you mentioned that because yesterday, this we're when today's Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. So yesterday, 
I was in a meeting at Laurel, which is the French Cuban brasserie we're opening in downtown. Okay. So like, I haven't looked at those. I, I sketched out those plans and did all those plans a year ago, maybe. Okay. And so now the space, it's all getting framed out and the whole thing. And, and so I'm going through like low voltage and there's a couple issues in the space just like that don't have to do with us, have to do with the space itself. And like there's slants and this and that, whatever. And I'm just stupid things. But then I'm also like sitting in the space and so now like the kitchen's framed out. Okay. Right. And so I'm, now you could actually see it. Right. So I, like, but not even, I could just see etching like markings on the floor. Yeah. Right. And I know that there's certain markings for like full walls and half walls and stub walls. Cause I've already done this a few times. So I get it. And I'm like, what, what is, what is this? Why is this like this? And they're like, Oh, because it's supposed to be, I'm like, no, but it can't be that way. I was like, well, that's what it's supposed to be. And I'm like, but that's wrong. And they're like, no, 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 but it can't be wrong. I'm like, oh, but it's fucking wrong. And they're like, but why? I said, okay, let me ask you a question. So you're you, and you're standing there, and you're cooking a thing. And I'm over here, and I'm expoing a thing. Yeah. And I have to send the thing that way to go to food, <laughs> to go to people, yeah. right? How are you going to send me food if this is a full 12-foot wall? And they're like, I'm going to walk around the wall. I'm like, does that make any fucking sense? Don't make any sense at all. And they're like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. They don't, so but this, they will never understand nah, that. You know, it's not their fault. They're just like following plans. Yeah, and for I'm sure. like, but that's why this needs to be different. And then it's also I'm like, okay, so the range is supposed to go here and the oven's here. And then the rotisserie's there. And I'm like, okay, so this is all. And then what's right here? And they're like, well, that's there. I'm like, well, that can't be there. You know, but it's just, I don't know. We've been doing this long enough that we kind of feel the vibe you, of the like, space. You, yeah. And if it's yours and you, you're the guy that fucking in charge of this shit. Like, it needs to work for you, mm -hmm. right? Like, because it's gonna come a day that you might have to be in the line, and like, we just need it to work. You know right. what I mean? Like, I don't want to force it to work. Like, for uh, forcing it to work, I like Ariad. I forced it to work since day one, and I don't want to go back. It hurts. It hurts. It just makes it's it painful. so much harder. Like, like, dude, like, if we get to design the shit the way we want, the way we flow, you know what I mean? Like, it just works so much better. Yeah, kitchen consultants. Right? Like the thing of kitchen consultants that build a kitchen for someone else, like their job is to build kitchens and they hand it to people and whatever. Like a lot of times they've never actually worked yeah. in a the kitchen. They've never actually done the things and they don't understand. Like fucking Powell, like we didn't get to design a kitchen. It was a space already that somebody else was supposed to take over. And you know what I mean? It didn't happen. And then Paul came in and it was just like a restaurant kitchen. Right. And then we had the, I mean, like a hotel kitchen. And then we had to fucking force it to work. Like, we had yeah. to do some shit. <laughs> it was like. I'll tell you, they did, they designed the dining room, though. Oh, for sure. Poof. That, because, like, the kitchen was already designed, right? But the dining room wasn't. But, so they, they put some <laughs> shit into that. But, um, yeah, the kitchen, that kitchen sucked. Yeah. It was just <laughs> one long line. I it, remember. It's fucking sucked. It was one long line. And then you just had to kind of break it down. And it's just like, the breakdown didn't make sense. I'm like, yeah, this is not what I... And from from that day forward, I was like, I never want to work in a kitchen that somebody has designed for me. Like, if you, we going to do a thing, I'm designing my kitchen. Fuck yeah. And if I, I'm not here anymore, sorry for the next kid that kind of come in and work with my design, but it's going to be designed the way that I fucking want it. Yeah, so, I mean, I think um, it's interesting, though, too, is like, uh, Chugs was an interesting situation because it was a pop-up and it was small and it was like, and I was there and I remember... When there was a wall yeah. still there, and then they knew that the space next door was leaving, and we're going to knock down this wall, we're going to do all this thing. I already had, like, I had it. 
it's fucking wild. In your mind, you have all these fucking plans and this thing, and then you see it happen. And it's like, holy shit. This is, I was like, so now it, it's even more so, it's even more anxiety ridden because now it's like, if it fails, it's on you, brother. Yeah. Like, you, fu- you fucked you this fucked up. You fucked it up. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, so every time, like, those issues, I was like, F- I fucked this up. I fucked that up. I fucked this up. And I was like, okay, so fix it. I mean, the area, like, it never made sense. Yeah. That little fucking kitchen that we have there, that tiny-ass fucking kitchen, never made sense. Yeah, but you do it. But we made it work. And we still make it work now. Over there, I was like, okay, so this is a nice big kitchen. Bigger. Let's just figure it out. You know, like, I mean, that's what it is being an independent operator, right? Yeah. It's like sometimes, I mean, we're not doing $10 million build-outs. You know, we're doing a million dollar build-outs, which is still a lot of money. But it's not $10 million. No. You know, so it's like you're you really have to like figure it out. We figured a lot of shit out there and I, I I'm proud of what they're doing there. I mean, dude, I'm not a volume guy. Never been a volume guy. I've never done volume. I mean Chugs will do six hundred people on a fucking Saturday. And that's like that was never it's never been a thing that I've ever done. <laughs> ever. So when I and I'll and I'll be at Ariad all day and I'll look at the numbers and I'll be like Fuck. They're busy. Six hundred and eighty people. Well, that's good though. At least you got you got somebody in place that did a lot of numbers. So, <laughs> yeah, she, you know yeah, what I mean? Like so God. she understands. Like, yeah. you know, we you know what I mean? She she did a lot of numbers before, so at least you know, you got that going. Um I, I think the the building the building process, it, you definitely have to feel the space. Like uh Lorel, which is the curtain one that we're building, it's getting framed out, ceilings are getting dropped, framing is going up. I feel like it's like deja vu all over again. I yeah. feel like I'm right. I'm right back to it, and it's um, it's interesting because with this one, I feel the design is like really well thought out. It's a bigger space. It's bigger than the Chugs was only twenty four hundred square feet. This is okay. four thousand square feet, and um, I don't know. I th- I think it's it's a really smart layout. I think it's like, you know, we have a wine cooler that holds nine hundred bottles of wine. We have nice. like. The bar is small, but it's efficient. The kitchen is solid. It's not massive, but I think it's smart. <laughs> well, you know, you know the, the sad thing about restaurants, right? Be the fucking back of house always suffers, right? Like we we're the one that I actually feel like, like they have it pretty good there. Yeah, but at like most places, right? Like when you're not partner and you're not the, like you're not the guy, and you're just going in to be the chef. It's like, oh no, chef, we're just gonna. You know, take a couple of feet there and just take away a piece. And then you're just going to take another piece there and take yeah. away a piece. And by the time you look, it's like, what the fuck? You guys left me to work with a yeah. matchbox. I, re- I was in this meeting yesterday and I, I looked at these guys. And, you know, like everything now because the supply, supply chain is super fucked and everything's taking longer. They're like, well, you know, the walk-in's not going to get here until March. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, yeah, but we're going to frame it out. I said, what do you mean you're going to frame it out? I said, yeah, no, we're going to frame out the walk-in. I was like, let me remind you. When you framed out my walk-in last time, I lost two feet of walk-in. If you fuck this up again, I will fucking lose it. And I was like, the day that you frame this out, you will call me, and I will be here, and I will measure the framing <laughs> my fucking self. And if not right, we're knocking it down. And if it's not fucking right, you're going to take that shit off the fucking ground, and you're going to fucking put it the way it should be, because I don't give a fuck if I lose walk-in space again yeah. because of you. Because yeah. poor Monica, her walk-in is fucking tiny. Because of how they fucked it up. I was like, I do not want a fucked up walk-in again. Yeah. And they were just like, okay. 
I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm dead fucking serious. If yeah. you fuck this up yeah. again, I'm going to make you tear the wall out. I'm not paying for it. You're going to fucking pay for it, and you're going to fucking fix it. But I only have that ability because I'm the owner. Yeah, man, and I think, but it's important, right? Like, we, like you know, if you guys want us, if, if we want to make money and we want to do things the right way and we want to make this, they want us to make this awesome food and shit like that, like, you need to give us the tools to work with, right? And the tools to work with is not just the fucking stove. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the storage, too. Like, we need to be able to store the shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's one thing we had to we had to get accustomed to at Q. Um, I was kind of accustomed to it at Zuma because it was so fucking busy that we ordered every almost every single day anyways. But at Q, it was like, we had the smallest fucking walk-in when we started. And we ordered every single day, bro. Like, there wasn't... Today's the fish that you ate today was today's fish. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're not eating that fish tomorrow. Like you know what I mean. Like there might be a fillet left over to go over to the next day, but the fish is coming in again early in the morning. It's getting broke down. It's getting put away, and it's not even getting put in the walk-in. It's getting put on the line. On the line because right. we don't have space to put in the walk-in. Right. You know what I mean. Like the cases of chicken that's coming in today, they're getting broke down today, going and brine that same morning to use for the next day. You know what I mean. Like there's no holding shit. Yeah. We didn't have that luxury. Well, that's the beauty of small space. Yeah, we didn't have the luxury. So, you know, like everything was always super fresh. You know what I mean? And like now we got a bigger walk-in, but it's still the same way. It's feel like, I just feel like everything grew, right? Like the walk-in got bigger. And so the cover counts. Yeah, we started doing more. So now it's yeah. like, it's the same shit. It's yeah, like I, like I think that the, the world of Ariat's very tiny kitchen made me think of the super efficient prep-heavy smarter food yeah that we do now like i think our food is beautiful and it's like obviously we do a ton of work a la minute because it's like very french style but like it's efficient like the way i think about food now is completely different than the way i thought about it eight years ago like completely different like i break things down to like how are we going to start this in the morning how does it get to service when we pick it up what is the move that that cook makes to pick it up yeah. obviously because all those kids too that now work the line like i worked every single station that they've already been on you know or that they're starting or that they they're getting promoted to another state i, yeah, I worked, I've worked them. them all so it's like i know all your moves and actually now i just gave them all new equipment within the last six months so now you have nicer shit yeah so like you guys, you're lucky. So yeah. it's like you have more to work with, but I know all the movements you're going to make. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, like building a new space that you've never been in. It's a little daunting and it's a little like uh, I, 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 I find it fun, but I also find it like very anxiety ridden. Yeah. So like I remember my first like when Mike offered me sushi position at Zuma, um, he was like, yo, you're ready. And I was like, nah. He was like, no, you're ready. I was like, nah. He's like, why not? I was like, because I haven't worked every single station yet. Right. How am I going to look like a fucking fool if I sit on the pass one day and somebody say, hey, chef, this needs to be fixed. And I can't walk back there and fix it. Then I'm going to be a fucking total failure. Like, right. for me, it's like, in order for me to be a leader, I need to know how to fix the problems. Right. Right. Not just be like, oh, chef, there's a problem. Can you come fix it for me? Like, that's not, you know, that wasn't me. So. I pushed off that job for, for months. I was like, nope, I don't want it. I'm going to work all the stations first. So he was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to fucking put you through them. I was like, nah, it's not going to be two weeks. I need a, at least a month. I want a month in every station. I need to know the prep forward and backward. 
I need to fucking make it. I need to fuck it up a couple of times. And then I need to learn from my fuck-ups. So I could know that when this happened, I knew what it was. You know, that's such a rare quality, right? Yeah. I, it's, I knew what it was, right? Like, I wasn't hungry for the pussy. Like, I really wanted it, of course. Who didn't want to be fucking sushi chef at Zuma at that time? But I just I just had to, man. Like, I had to work the stations. I had to, to feel it. I had to fuck it up a couple of times. And I had to know knew how to fix it, right? Because... You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the whole thing with the cooks. Be Like, once you got their trust, right, and in order for you to get their trust, you got to be able to fix the problems. They want to sure. see that you can walk up there and fix their problems. And yeah. it, it might not even be a cooking problem. It might be a problem that they came with from their house Yeah, I mean, that they want to talk to you about. And you just got to listen. Yeah. I mean, as as a chef, you're you're much more than just a... Your dad. Oh, your dad man. to everybody. They they call me uncle, dad, grandpa yeah, to a everyone. Bunch of, a bunch of shit. I'm now. saying like you really have to sit there and listen to. Sh- Sometimes you don't want to fucking hear it because you just had to go through some problems too. But right. all you could do is. But sit your there. job is to uh, to listen. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, like I I'm I'm just excited for the future, man. Like I think. What? Let me ask you a question. What do you think about Miami food in general? I mean, you've been here. I think Miami food is definitely evolving. And it's going in a direction that I'm very proud of. Same. Right? Um, years ago, when I was starting, like, you want to go work at all the guys that's coming from out of town. Yeah. That's where you want to go eat. That's where you want to go. Now, for me, it's fuck those guys. I want to go to Mike's. Yeah. I want, like, I want to go to Itame. I want to go see Nando. I want to go see the guys at Boya Day. Right. Like, I want to go see the... I want, like... I mean, the community is super strong. And I asked this because there was, like, a... I feel like I've grown like 30 years older in the last eight months because, yeah. you know, life is so busy and it's crazy and the thing and it's like you have so little time for like a thing. Like I don't really care about like social media beef and people talking shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Like I don't, I don't pay much attention anymore. Uh, and anyone who listens to this podcast would be shocked by that statement. But um, – Somebody said something yesterday that really, like, it fucking ground me down. And I, I messaged them directly. And I was like, you know, you can you can say whatever you want. But the, the community of, of this city is stronger and has more foundation than it's had in a very long time. Very long time. Very, very long time. And there's people working so hard and doing so many good things that... I mean, I'm proud to be part of the community, right? Yeah, me I'm too. proud to do my part. I'm proud to do what we're doing. I'm proud to be like friends with Nando and Val and Alex and Lucci and yourself and just like all the people doing fucking great shit, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and so many people are doing so many good, interesting, fun things. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and it's true. There's so many people coming from elsewhere. But I also don't give a fuck. Me, I mean, I like I'm saying, like I haven't been to any of those restaurants. Same. And people was like, "Yo, you." I was like, "For what?" Like I rather go spend my money with the guys that's been here doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like nothing against them. Like props. Thanks for coming to our city. Thanks for kind of creating. You know, making our food scene. Whatever you want to say that you did right, but we've been creating our own food scene. Well, all you at, at this point, you're you're hanging on our coattails. No, for sure. Like we've like we've evolved so much that like people talk about Miami now. Like yeah. I went to New York the other day, right? Um, some friends invite me up, and they had this charity event that they do, um, and it was in it was in Brooklyn. Um, 
So I'm there. I don't ever tell anybody who the fuck I am. When I go anywhere, it's well, I'm you cook, yeah, I'm, I'm just a cook, whatever. Like, and we're there talking, and the chefs from um, uh, fuck, I don't want to fuck this up. Really good Indian restaurant in New York. Um, damn, I feel like I'm gonna fuck it up. I don't want to call the name because I might fuck it up. Okay, that's Anyways. fine. Mr. Jimenez, can you look it up? Great. <laughs> Yeah, no, Christian. <laughs> Christian is the chef's name. Um, a fucking. Oh, you're gonna look. You're Christian gonna, Pan, Panna. He did a. He actually did, did a, a pop up with, with Neven. Yeah. So those guys. Okay. So, went there and we're we're there hanging out and there was a bunch, man, all kinds of celebrities, like, you know, shit that I've like, holy fuck, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like honored to be here. So, all the chefs there, everybody's talking. So one of the guys came over and be like, oh, who's that guy? Christian. Yeah. Um, it's like, who's that guy? And then, like, before I got to be like, no, I'm just this person. My my friend was like, oh, it's Raheem. He's a chef at Q. And then the guy was like, the chef at Q. Holy fuck. Like, what are you doing in New York? Like, you guys are opening pretty soon. Like, this is amazing. And I'm like, for me, it's like, you know, it's not that crazy. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not that serious. But he, he thought it was. He thought it was a big deal. Invited me to his restaurant, you know what I mean? Took care of my whole meal. Um, and I just thought it was special, right? Like, years ago, nobody gives a fuck about any right, of right. us or who we are or what we've done or none of that. But to go to somebody, a city, and they treat you with so much respect, especially a city like New York, where it had so much good food everywhere that people think that this, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's it. It's like end I, all for everyone, right? I, I think that Miami has... You know, we carry the old reputation of Ocean Drive, right? Yeah. But this newer generation and this newer, like, movement that we've had has changed a lot. Like, my uh, CDC here and my general manager, they they took a trip. Um, It was a group of them. And they were in New York. And they were uh, at an oyster bar, and they were all getting shitty, and they're eating oysters, and they're drinking or whatever. And they're wearing this mask. And uh, this is obviously you got to wear yeah, a mask yeah. to do the mask thing. So they have this mask and it has a big parachute on the bottom. And uh, someone from across the bar was like, hey, you. And my CDC, Ashley, I love her to death. She's a very, like, intense little British woman. And uh, <laughs> said, oh, fuck, what, what the fuck? You got, a, you got a fucking problem. And she was like. So you work at Ariette? She's like, yeah. She's like, I fucking love that place. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that's in the middle of, like, New York, just drinking, having a good time, whatever. So, oh, man, like, when the news broke that we were going to do Q in New York, man, like, I got so many DMs. Like, it was overwhelming. Like, oh, shit, you're in New York. It's going to be awesome. Thank you guys for coming. Like, you're going to bring some dope shit to the city. And I'm like, aren't you guys supposed to have, like, the dopest shit? You know what I mean? Like, that's I mean, they do have very dope shit. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's is like you know, is always the dynamic. The dynamic has definitely changed. Yeah, but man, Miami is definitely definitely something special. Like, this is not my home, right? Like, I came from the Virgin Islands, but for me now, this is home. I mean, how long you been here now? Shit, Uh, fourteen years. Yeah, fourteen years. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, I've been here. For, I, I mean, you get you know, like you're now you're like fifty fifty. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I haven't been home in like ten years. No shit. You know what I mean. So for me, like, 
like for me it's like my family's good i'm good like there's no reason for me to go home right now i'm fucking working on something special in my career right i i can't wait mike you can walk straight through here i mean you know show everyone on the camera all your taco meat it's totally fine taco meat mike he doesn't like the button his top button right and let's all the taco meat out he's gonna braid it later by himself um I mean, I, I'm very happy and intrigued, and I mean, I don't go out much, but I can't wait to whatever it is that you do, the brick and mortar you do with the barbecue or whatever it is you're doing on the beach, which I'm super intrigued about. Um, I'll tell you about it off camera. Oh, <laughs> off camera breaking news. Got it. We like to get all the news before all the people that get paid for news. Um <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to visit. Yeah, and you know what I mean? Like, I'm fucking pumped. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I haven't been so pumped about food in a long time. Because, like... That's the most dangerous chef you could ever find. Dude, like, I want to fucking bring it to Miami, bro. Like, I'm... Like, I'm going to bring it. Like, I'm pulling out all the stops, right? Like, whatever the fuck it is. But I just can't wait to put my food on plates again. Yeah. And be like, this is mine. There's yeah. no body influencing me in a way that, oh, this should be here. That should do this. Or we should do this. Is No, this is fucking mine. And I want you to enjoy it. Trust me. I got you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. Like, I'm fucking excited for what the future has. Because, like, I, I'm ready to do my, I'm ready to just do all me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready also to bring, ready. I'm ready to bring what I've grew up eating, what I've learned. And, you know, like, just fuse it. Just bring it into something special. Like, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready. I'm so ready. And um, if it fails, and it's not, but it's not going to be because of the food. You know. I'm telling you, like, I'm just going to make sure that I I, I, I bring mean, it. I, like, I think you should, like, remove that from your mind. because Oh, yeah, no, I, for sure. Yeah, remove like, that I, from your mind. You know what I mean? Like, I just, you know what I mean? It's always... There's always a possibility, right? For sure. I mean, but, it's a it's a 50% possibility yeah, it's, before it's, you open. It's, it's always a possibility. So, like I said, like, for me, it's not, I don't ever, I don't ever go into anything thinking that it's going to fail. But I just want to, like, if it does, it's not because I didn't bring it. Yeah, but failure is the master motivator. Oh, for sure. Whoever tells me different, they, they really haven't tried. Man, I'm, I'm like, I'm fucking. Um, if, if you don't believe that, like. If you're like, yeah, failures, whatever, I'm like, you really haven't fucking tried then, yeah. right? You haven't, like, put yourself out there to the world and be like, here, this is who I am. Like, no, no, no. You haven't really fucking tried. If you're saying, like, failure doesn't matter, failure is a huge part of life. Oh, for sure. You need to learn how to accept it, learn how to grow from it, learn how to get up from it, and also accept the fact that it is a huge possibility. And every Man. time that you actually go out there to the world and be like, yo, this is me, this is what I do, I'm not like, you can fail. Man, chef. Like, I'm so fucking blessed. I'm not going to lie to you, like... I remember leaving St. Croix. I came with a bag of clothes. I had a one-way ticket, and I had 450 bucks. Oof. That's, that's it. That's like the classic immigrant story, right? No, but like... My grandparents are like and, so similar. Yeah, and mine, but mine wasn't is not because I didn't have a place to stay in St. Croix. I just wanted something different, right? right? Different, different. Um, So, you know, I left, and I, I just meant that I had to make it, man. And, like, I've never been without of a job. I've never been, been in situations where... Like, I've been in some fucked up situations, like, when I first got here. Like, I was going to school, you know, 
fucking working full time. I had two full time jobs and going to culinary school at the same time. Yeah, I feel that. I was like, I was getting it. There was times where like I didn't have twenty bucks to put fucking gas in my car, so I had to be like, okay, what's more important, school or work? Yeah, I work. gotta make a decision, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, sorry guys, I can't make you to school today. I gotta go work because I need the money to put in gas so I can get to your school and then get to work. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, and then there was points I didn't have a car. I would catch three buses to get to work. Yeah, right, it's like, amazing. So, you know, from where, from where I was then to where I'm at now, I'm extremely blessed. For sure, um, I'm very successful. Like the other day, somebody was like, "Oh, when you become successful, don't forget about me." I'm like, "Sorry, but I am successful. Not that I'm being art, but like where you don't know what the fuck I've been through in my past right. to where I'm at. Like, for me, success. I'm already successful. I'm happy." Well, I, it's the famous uh, quote, like, you, I mean, you weren't with me shooting in the gym, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, it, it's like, that's my favorite quote of all time. It's like, well, you know, I do this now. It's like, you weren't with me shooting at the gym at like three in the morning. Yeah. Like, you weren't. I mean, when area first opened, I used to sleep downstairs. Oh, tell me about it. I used to sleep on the fucking banquette of Q. I like, would finish service, sleep on the banquette, get up, go bake all the cakes, make all the ice creams, make all the sorbets. Go home, take a shower, and come right back for service. You know, and, and I think that, I mean, you say that you're blessed. Like, people here are lucky to have people like you. People here are lucky to have people like several other people in the community. They don't understand that. Like, they don't understand the sacrifices that people have made just to put food on a plate, right? Oh, and that's sure. And that's really why we do it, right? Like, you know, in our job, we deal with a bunch of fucking blowhards, right, that, you know, I don't like this, and I don't like that. I don't give a fuck. Like, I really don't give a fuck. Like, this is... I, I, I'm lucky enough that we have several outlets that I could be like, you know, here, I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. Yeah. If you don't if you don't like, like how we do this dish, you're not going to put french fries on this dish. That's just not how it works. Yeah. You know? And I'm fortunate to be... I'm blessed to be able to say that. You know? But it's only because of the time that... I put in and so many other people put in like, you know, I could never do this without Gio, Senor Pasolito Papi himself. Like, I mean, he's been here with me every fucking, every single fucking day for the last six, six. I mean, we turned six in 11 days. Oh, shit. No, eight days now. Congrats. On eight that. days. I mean, six years old for a restaurant is fucking wild. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible. It's like, um. It's a blessing, but it all comes from like a bunch of like opportunities of failure that you've come out of and a bunch of hard work. And it's I think it's the story of like the industry itself. Yeah. You know, it's usually like if you're willing to put in the work, the work like if you build it, they will come. It's the same thing as like if you're willing to put in the work, the outcome will be there. Yeah. You know, so you mean and I've, I've had a lot of opportunities recently with the barbecue. People offer me money and shit. And, like, or, or spaces came available when people want a partner and stuff. And it's, like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody just wants the want, but they don't want to give, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, they ask you for shit that is, like, man, like, I'm not Bless you, I, I'm not coming to you with a business plan and be, like, hey, this is my dream. Can we do this? You're coming to me. I'm coming to you. You're coming to me, but yeah. we're, I'm also coming to you with something that's already kind of, it's proven, it's doing its thing. Right, even if we're doing it in the front yard or not, like people love it. People come here to the front yard for it. That's you know what I mean. Like, so me, it's like, why should I have to give you everything for a little bit of something? 
right? Right. And the something is oh, really money. Right. Like, that's what it is. So it's like, you know what I mean? I've, I think I've made I made some enemies along the way because I'm like. Amen. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's just like if you, if we talk about something for a long time and then you send me a shitty deal, I'm not going to respond. I'm not. There's no more to talk about. Like, right. We we've built this report to you for like I've told you straight up this is what I want, and then you turn around and send me some shit like I want fifty percent and I want all the money that you made already like all the money that's in your bank account that you guys made I want that like oh, you gotta man. invest that I'm like who is this crazy person who the fuck <laughs> who, who, <laughs> who is, crazy who is you like what the fuck is your problem like you know what I mean or I want forty nine percent of your business I'm fifty one percent you keep forty nine like what. Like for some money, I was like, I'll keep popping up, man. I keep popping up in my front yard till I. Well, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's power in a couple things, and I've learned this a lot in the last like year. Well, one I've learned over the last six years, and one I learned the last year. There's a lot of power in saying no, because it makes you very exclusive, and it makes you, I think, stand stronger by behind your ideals. And then two, there's a lot of power and not giving a fuck about money oh for sure and like you know obviously like i like making money and i, I think a, a big part of my job is to understand how businesses need to make money but also like money doesn't control me like the the product that we put out there in the world i won't say it controls me but it's what makes my job fruitful all the painstaking days and hours of losing time with family and friends and loved ones like it makes it worth it because that was that is why I think I was put on this planet. Yeah. You know, so like there's a lot of power in that. And a lot of people get like sucked into like the money thing. And there's without a doubt, without a doubt in my mind, you can go and get a yacht club job making a fuck ton of money. I can go and get a yacht club job making, you know, two hundred and fifty grand a year, three hundred grand a year, working for a corporation making that much money. But I don't give a fuck. Like that's fucking trash that's not what we sign up for right like that's boring. not me from for me that's boring yeah and i don't want if you can be doing something boring like it's like then i'm i'm, I'm i then i should have just took a nine to five right and just do that get up every day go make go do my job get a paycheck go home like that's not what i wanted for my life man like you know what i mean like for me i i gotta do shit that's interesting sure i gotta for be sure. i have to stay like I have to keep myself entertained because I get bored quickly. And if I get Same. bored, it's like, it's like my, my wife told me, I always got a new project every year. There's something else that I want to do. I started riding bikes, right? And I got into it. Went and bought the most expensive bike I could afford. Bought all the gear. Had fun doing it for a little while. Had to stop because I got too fucking busy, right? So now the bikes just sit there. I love VW Beetles, like old school. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have, Me too. I have two of them. You do? I love that. Are they projects? Yes. Oh, man. So <laughs> I love that. I love projects. But that's the thing. She's like, why, why, why do you keep buying shit and just doing shit? I don't know. It's fun. I'm like, it's fun. But then, she, then like, I, there was We're one time I got friends, into huh? fucking guns for a while, right? Like, Oh, yeah. So, like, now I want to know everything about a gun. I want to even know how to put it together. I want to build it. Like, right, right. So now, like, you know what I mean? I, I machined out my first 80% lower and shit, and I, I know how to do it now. So, like, now I build, like, a shitload. And then, like, I just stopped. She's like, so what you going to do with all those guns now? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. But it was mine. 
You know what I mean? Like, I just get into projects because I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's why I don't, I don't want. I don't want to have that free time to get that bored to be doing shit. Well, food never... Like, uh, food... What might want to borrow for the insurrection of my house tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, food Food never makes me bored, right? Exactly. That's the, that's the thing about food is that food but always you, keeps you, like, very engaged because there's a ton, millions of things that we don't know because there's so many cultures, creativity, and sure. things that for we sure. just don't and know. And that's why I love doing it. But then when you get to a restaurant and you're doing the same shit over, over and, and over and over and there's no it. change and you can't really do much, it's like, no, nah, this is not what I signed on for. I love... I love how upset the front of the house gets when I change food. I love it because I don't care. But the thing is, like, I love front of the house, man. Like, we can't do it without them, right? But right, they're the biggest, whiniest babies in the world, right? Like, they I cry no for fucking everything. I'm <laughs> sorry, but they cry for everything, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, listen, I, I've grown. I, I've grown. I'm an artist. I signed on to to make food, not to make your job easier. I, I didn't sign on for that. I didn't. I didn't sign off to make the same food. So you can remember and never have to study or never have to remember anything and then make more money than all my line cooks. Oh, let's not get into that. We're gonna no, be I'm not. For I'm just saying, hours. though, like, I'm not going to get in. Like, you know what I mean? But that's not what I signed on for. I signed on to, to be creative, to make food, to have fun, to do this, to teach people, to, you know what I mean? Like, to learn from them. Yeah, yeah. Right? To learn. You know what I mean? That's what I signed on for. So for me, like, I could care less if they get upset. Which... I mean, you know, like, I, I've obviously, I've changed a ton. Yeah. Dude, there would be days that I would change fifty percent of areas menu. But just like, yeah, but I know that's it's fun. fun. I know it's fun. I I just can't do it anymore. But like, I've created a lot of a lot more structure behind the, like what we do. But at the same time, like I I mean we're gonna we're gonna change shit. And I like we have to. Just today, I was sitting in the past and I was telling my GM, I was like, you know, this weekend we're probably gonna add like two dishes. And he's like, oh yeah, two dishes. What are they? I'm like, I don't know yet. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's coming. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna happen for sure. He's like, "Oh yeah," I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna happen. For it's sure. coming. Gotta happen. Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna you happen." You know what I mean? And, and and that's that's the kind of shit for. So that's why I didn't. I don't want the hotel jobs, or that's why I don't want the you know the yacht club jobs. And yeah, but some people are super happy. In that yeah, area. for sure. And and more power to them. Yeah, but that's not us. Yeah, that's not that's oh, not the man. breed of people. That's not what we signed on to do. That's not the breed that we came from, right? Like. That's not what we want to do. If that's what we wanted to do, like, I could have been doing that right now. Chilling. For years. A decade. Yeah, chilling. chilling. Fuck all the stress. Get to spend time with my family. Yeah. Take off time when I want to take off time. Yeah. Like, like a month PTO. A yeah. Year. Like, yeah. we would have been doing all that. Sick days. Yeah. One but of those. I, I definitely do want to create. I definitely want to get to that point in my career where I could create environment for my cooks to be able to do that. For sure. Right? Same. For my people, my dishwashers, everyone, for the yeah. whole team to be able to do that, right? Like, we don't have to work on the holidays if we don't want to work. Well, I mean, the, the hope is is that, you know, you may fall on the sword now, but the structure of the culture could change long term. Yeah. Because the structure is not going to change today. And it's like everyone always talks about, like, the tip dynamic, the ratio, uh, all that stuff. Listen, we're not like I'm. I'm not Danny Meyer. You're not Danny Meyer. Like we can't just be like, yeah, we're just gonna fuck off two of our locations and oh, just try sure. to change it overnight, and it not work and be okay with losing a ton of staff and a ton of money. Like I can't do that. So you know, like slow and steady change. You know, implementing things, planting seeds for the future so they grow. I think that 
it's crazy because as impatient as I am in the kitchen, like it, overall patience, at least in structure of career wise, is the way that I operate. Yeah. You know, like I like I create I create things to be patient to see them through. Because it's not going to knock on day one. I saw it at Ariad the first fucking three years when there was nobody in there. I saw it. I felt it. I, I felt all the feelings, all the emotions, all the struggles. Like, I felt it all. So, I'm okay. I can deal with that now long term. Yeah. It's, it takes time. Man. No, takes for time. sure. I just want to create that environment where everybody's happy. Yeah, I mean. Everybody's happy. Like, there's always going to be some unhappy. Some, some person's going to be unhappy, right? Like. But I want everybody to be happy in the point where they know that they like the work that they did. They got compensated fairly for it, and they yeah. felt like they got compensated fairly for, for sure. It. Yeah, and I think that's important to me. I mean, listen, I remember the days I was making like eight seventy five oh, an hour fuck. to get my fucking man shit kicked in. I think, I, yeah, I think I <laughs> my first job. I think I made like fucking my first first job period dishwasher in St. Croix was making like six bucks an hour. Yeah, right. Um, and then when I came to Miami, I thought I was going to make some money. And little we know, we made the less, the, the, the cooks made the least money. Yeah. Right? I was making like $11 at fucking Zuma for a while. Right? And like, same kind of the same thing at Sugar King, like $12 or some shit. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm not going to go harass my chef for a raise every fucking two seconds. I'm going to figure out a way to make more money. How you make more money? Get another job. Ask it for more hours, right? Somebody don't show up. Hey, call me. I'm coming. Yeah. Like I was always that guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's one time I did seven doubles at Zuma. I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> I literally wanted. I my last double. I went. There was a coconut tree like underneath the bridge. I went on the fucking coconut tree because like the the stump kind of like went flat and then went up. And I passed the fuck out. Everybody was looking. Where the fuck did he go? I was out. I was done. But, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I needed, I needed the hours. The hours helped me compensate for the money that I wasn't making. So, right. you know what I mean? Like, well, I didn't, my, my I didn't hope, mind doing it. My, my hope is that I can, I can execute someone's, like, livelihood within 40 hours. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And, and it, it's, it's been a big deal. Like, you know, 2021 into 2022, like, I got my entire company insured, which was a goal for me since day one. Uh, as a small restaurateur, like... I want to get everyone insured with benefits and the whole thing and like a solid wage. And, um, you know, that's why it's very important to be a chef owner, to be in a room with investors that don't understand. Yeah. You know, like employee retention is huge, you know, and I want to keep my people long term and I want to see them grow within the company. You know, just because you have a job today doesn't mean that's going to be your job forever. If you want to grow here, like David Chang said it forever. It's like we had to grow to create opportunities for the good people within the company. And I, I, as much as I disagree with a lot of shit that he fucking says, I do agree with that. You know, it, that's the only way to keep good people and to see them grow and to be proud and, and see them do their thing. For I, sure. I mean, I'm happy to see it. And I, I, I hope I continue to see it, you know. So... Wow, I, that's good. I feel like running through a wall. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super jacked up. <laughs> I just want to run through a wall right now. You know, like, I feel like um, uh, you weren't with me shooting in the gym is one of my favorite quotes of all time. Yeah, definitely. Nick, where's your ball tickler, man? It's in the back. 
Is it in the back? He's, he's giving it up. <laughs> All right, so I think we're good to do some uh, some wind downs here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our wind downs. This is uh, we're gonna do our party recommendations. Did you like deepen your voice on purpose? I didn't. No, I. I've you lost have my voice a little bit. Oh, have you lost your voice? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Is that you and PD singing in the shower? PD and I have a podcast when you're not around. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah, is yeah. that what it is? It's a very loud podcast. Step into the litter box? Uh, I don't think you understand how dogs work. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. That's accurate. Yeah, but it's still a good name. It is. Yeah. yeah it's when good I have name. a cat, that's going to be the name of the podcast. Got it. I can't imagine with you with a cat. Your your cat would be more disinterested than you are, and that would oh, be a lot. Yeah, Oof. so much, so much. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, we look forward to a response from David Chang on his invitation to Pancom Podcast. Oh, David Chang's gonna come on Pancom Podcast? I don't. I don't know. If he listens to it, he definitely will never come. <laughs> Why not? Because even when you have good shit to say about David Chang, you're like, I disagree with a lot of fucking shit David Chang says. I mean, I listen. I like David Chang, and I like his food a lot. I just disagree with a lot of shit that he says. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's more about him than it is about any kind of community at all whatsoever. I don't know what you're talking about now. Okay. You anyway, just have to listen. This is where we do our parting recommendations. Everybody recommends a thing. It could be anything at all as long as it's not yours. Something that you think people should eat, read, watch, do. You can do more than one recommendation. That's fine, too. Uh, Raheem, you want to go first or you want to give yourself a little time? Yeah, I'm going to give myself a little time. Mike, what do you got? <laughs> um, parting recommendations? Yep. Oh, fuck. I'm so unprepared. I, have I talked about Peaky Blinders already several times? On the last episode with Nick, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I just I just uh, polished off season five of Peaky Blinders, and man, it was just like very good. Season five? Season five of Peaky Blinders. Yeah, it's all five seasons deep. Apparently season six is coming out in 2022. Oh, I think I watched season five already. Uh, so I'm ready for it. I'm super ready. Um, I'd also like to say... That the first episode of like the book of Boba Fett, which Peter Santamaria was very big on, sucked. It was dreadful. Oh. Um, I I I don't understand what's happening there. I think maybe Peter, because he's part of a a comic book community, maybe he understands more. Uh, this is my parting non recommendation. What was it called again? The I think it's like the book of Boba Fett or whatever, which I it, it, Dave Arvello is shaking his head vigorously because he's agreeing <laughs> that is the name of the show. Um, I, I'm a big fan of anything that has to do with the stars and ships and shit blowing up. Wars and treks. Wars and treks. And, um, I, I just didn't love it. Maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe I'll give it another shot. I just didn't, I just, I wasn't feeling it. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So take it up with attack Peter. Yeah. I mean, you know, he said it was very good. I'm ready for more. You know, he's got like 9 million followers on, on Instagram. So. Nine million people probably watch that show and we're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? He's <laughs> trying to get a toy deal. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a uh, Boba Fett toy deal. Yeah. You uh, panderer. Yeah, yeah. Like a little Peter. Japanese boba. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love that. Uh, Do you have party recommendations? Um, I would say uh, I, I watched. It's not really so much a recommendation, but I watched um, uh, that Spider-Man No Way Home. Saw it with my goddaughter. And? It was good enough. I would say okay. if, you, if you're the sort of person who can hold off, like you're not, you don't need to see all the Marvel shit right when it's out, I would say that it's like a wait till it's streaming situation. Okay. Not a theater necessary thing. 
it was uh it seemed like it was they've just spent so much time on all those marvel things like building them up and building them up and if they're going to continue they had to sort of yank at least this character out of all of that shit what i mean is if people have forgotten who he is it sets you up to be able to do another spider-man movie without all of the complications of like bringing in spider-man can't do shit right because all of his friends are in the Avengers. So you can't make a Spider Man movie where everybody doesn't show up. Right. And I think it's they're like going to. It's like uh, putting on a night um, watching fights at Nick's that only me and Dave show up. Right. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> the Avengers <laughs> forgot who we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all that. So, uh, so that's one recommendation. And then um, I will recommend also. Uh, the latest episode, actually, this is David Chang related. The latest episode of PBS's Finding Your Roots. Ooh. Finding Your Roots, which they do like genealogy stuff. And this one was two people. It's usually like a celebrity, right? This one was uh, David Chang and also uh, Raul Esparza, who is related to our friend Rebecca Esparza. Oh. But who's a, a Broadway actor. So they did like genealogy of these two guys. So if you're interested in David Chang's genealogy, go and watch that. And if you want to know Cuba things, go and watch Rolls. Got it. They're all in one episode. I have one more. Uh, go for it. So there's a gentleman I follow on social media. His name is Drew Albert. He uh, He's a comedian. Uh, he refers to himself as he slash him, which is a thing. And oh man! He, oh, here comes the here come the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Raheem's talked about guns already, so it's gonna be whew, it's oh, gonna baby. be it's gonna be lit. Oh, really? On, on, yeah, on Panko microphone. Um, so it's, it's usually me saying shit, and then people telling Mike about what yeah, I've that said. They, yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna approach Nick. It's like your friend. He's just quite. He's just quite a lot. I'm like, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I get he's a lot, but, I mean, you could talk to Nick. I don't fucking know. Um, so he does uh, he does comedy about restaurants, which I think are oh, yeah, yeah. very fucking funny. I mean, and he nails it every single fucking time. Just like his last piece. Well, no, not last. It's like third to last. It's called, It was called Seated by the Kitchen. Uh-huh. And it's so, just like, yeah, and it's just... You know, a, a deuce that's sitting by the kitchen and the chef is just like, where the, I need fucking runners. Where the fuck are all my runners? And I'm like, oh, that does sound like me. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it's the, it's the, where the, where the fuck is my tuna? What the fuck? Why the fuck is this taking so long? And I'm just like, oh, I wouldn't be talking about tuna, but that also sounds like me. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. And it's, I mean, he nails so many of them, and they're all fucking hilarious. So he has, like, different characters. He plays them all. He plays them all. And um, it's incredibly entertaining. You can lose a solid 45 minutes of your life easily just going through his social media and laughing. Because you will laugh, especially people like us that yeah, are in, the, in it will laugh because we've lived it all. Good. And I feel like it's... All very, very realistic. Sure. So that's that's it, Raheem. It's it's your turn. Sir. I know. I know. I'm, I'm over here. So I'm thinking hard pressure. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Drink a big what barbecue. F- like, no. Okay, what do you mean? That's your party recommendation. Yeah, no. She said it can't be mine. No. Okay. But so, I do recommend that. I think everybody should get out and start trying all these local, local guys like us. Yeah. Um, what's, a, what's the most recent thing you ate 
for the first time? Like the most recent time that you had something for the first time that you liked? The most recent time I had something for my holy fuck. Or maybe not for the, if that complicates it too much. Just yeah, the last thing you had that was like worth recommending to people. The last place I ate, where was that? I think it was Itami. Yeah. Alright. Just everything there is fucking delicious. Yeah. What those guys doing are stellar. Like, I'm a fucking fan. That's actually... I'm a, yeah. I'm a fan. Itame should have like a standing commercial on this podcast. Nah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, nah, I mean, me too. I'm a yeah. fan. But every time people come on here, that's one of their recommendations. And, um, well, Val's going to be... I really Val think somebody our, should... Um, Val Chang. Oh, well, Val Chang. Well, that's a shameless plug. What is my, what I was about to say. I'm trying to say. Well, it. let's transition into shameless plugs. Shameless plugs here on Pan Con Ma- Microphone. <laughs> What's your... Uh, um, what? Yeah, man. I think... It's a me. Um, zit some for sure. Okay. Oh, and Pablo was just Pablo here. Pablo was serving fire over there at fucking... Pablo guy was here like an hour... Uh, left an hour before you got here. Yo, Pablo is such a special dude, right? Like, uh. So, I... He had his, like, his staff dinner he asked hey chef can you do some barbecue for us i was like yeah for sure it was a day that we don't do barbecue but you know for pablo why not so he came over did barbecue for all of them so then he's like yo chef how much do i owe you i was like i just kept ignoring it because for me it was just like i don't really do barbecue on this day like whatever man like i just want you to be you know what i mean like i just want to show some hospitality because you do this he does the same shit when you go eat at his oh, spot right oh man i did the and same fucking thing to him literally i'm like i wasn't expecting anything couple minutes after, he's like, oh, check your email. Fucking gift certificate to come eat at this spot. And I'm like, yo, this guy is just the best. He's, right? he's He is the best. And, uh, you know, I've, Pablo and I talk a lot, like a ton. Um, I love him to death, like family. And, you know, it's like year one of opening a restaurant. I know that feeling super well. We talk about it all the time. And today, I just like, um, our first like hour was very slow. And we didn't, like, we had traditionally like the hour pop right and um he was in that first hour i look over to the right from the past and he's sitting at the bar i'm like oh this guy's about to get fucked up i'm about to bury this man he has no idea what he walked into and he ordered the tasting i'm like oh what a world of hurt (laughs) you just walked yourself into i was like so you're gonna get already five courses and i'm gonna add five more on top trust me that's how i felt you wasn't here but i came from my anniversary Oh yeah, <laughs> that's how I felt too. I literally a whole fucking menu I had. I was like, yeah, yo, good, it's literally good. me and my wife, and like, good, good. What am I gonna do with all this food? Yeah, take it home, right? Fuck, <laughs> like, this is a lot of fucking food. It's, that's our love language. Yeah, but it's, this is yeah, as it the is. kids call think, it as this is our love language. It is a chef thing. Yeah, right? it's a chef thing. Um, well, I mean, when I go to fucking Zitzum, like it's, I can't, I just can't physically eat all this food. And it's usually just me and one person. And last time I went, I went with me and my business partner. And I was like, tell Pablo I'm not hungry. Just I told the server, just tell him I'm not hungry. And the, he didn't give a fuck. He gave zero, zero fucks. I was just like, bah, bah, of course. Oh, you didn't order this, but here's this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but you need to add this on there. I was like, fuck, man. So today, I think he, he ordered the tasting, which is five courses. And then I added five on top. Nice. So he told... He sat at the bar and he told the bartender, "Just he's bringing a white flag. He's throwing a white flag. I was, I'm going to go fuck about his white flag. I'm going to go fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And like, everybody else, man, all the, all the other local guys that's out here doing it, 
that's you know contributing to our culture for sure like we should all just go try it support them yeah right like amen amen to that there's a lot of big there is there is uh i may have had a couple drinks when i sent this dm to this gentleman but i was like uh i was like um there is no new miami there's just miami and they could be rolling on our streets but we are the street my man and they were like he was like oh man (laughs) like you're nuts (laughs) i was like yeah, I'm fucking nuts, <laughs> right? You are correct. <laughs> I was like, we are the fucking street, my dog. Like, we, we built this bitch. Heard. So, you know. Those are your shameless plugs? No. Shameless plugs here on Pankum Podcast. So, Valerie Chang. Yep. Uh, which is one of our upcoming guests here on Pankum Podcast. Um, her and I are doing a dinner together for the James Beard Foundation here at Ariette on Bill. January 8th. Maybe <laughs> it's collaboration dinner. Um, you know, I believe it's four courses. Chef Devin is doing dessert. Uh, Val and I collaborated on two other courses. I think we have 80 tickets. I think we've sold half. Um, today, uh, the JBF hit me up about like media invites, and I would love to just sell all the tickets so we don't have to invite any media at all whatsoever. Nick, you want to be a media invite? You're Dade Mag. You are the Dade Mag man. You are. I, honestly, I'm more interested in trying to get a James Beard podcasting medal. <laughs> there are those. They are. They are. Yeah. They are those. I want to be able to like bite it, like Carlos bites his. Like, <laughs> is that what he does? <laughs> he does do that. He does. You know what? One of my favorite points of today was uh, how Ryan Pfeffer. Ryan Pfeffer is sporting an incredible mustache. Now. Oh, it's good. Oh, uh, an incredible mustache, and he tried to like blind eat at Nave. Like a big we old, don't know who the fuck you are, got sir. A big old upper lip pepperoni. You're, you're, <laughs> you're right along whatever. So we saw you. Yeah. You and your wonderful mustache. Did he do a right along? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like you know when those like type of people are here. I don't like acknowledge them. Let like let you uh, you could do your thing. It's fine. Yeah, you can pretend I don't know you're here. Yeah, <laughs> but I see you and your mustache from far away across the room. Man. You should you should uh, cue up porn music when he walks in with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I could see Ryan as a little porn music with the like, Oh yeah, for sure. Is it? Does he twist it around? I mean, it looks rather twisty from far yeah. away. No, it's, so yeah, so it's more like uh, more like hook. Then, like, mm-hmm. a big caterpillar situation. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Man. All right. Got to get Raheem? the fucking flan at uh, oh. Chugs. Oh, the flan at Chugs? Best thing ever. I really like the BK pie at Chugs. No, nah, fuck that. I <laughs> <laughs> got it. Fuck that. The flan. Like, I'm just saying, like, best thing I ever had. Like, Dave was oof. just telling me he had the arroz con leche, which is the fucking texture on that thing is by far someone, man. And this is before, before and after. Right, yeah. like the first time I tried it, you know, it was just small pop up, and I think like everything was amazing, but that was the best part of my meal. Nice, like wow, I, I really fell in love with that flat. Wow, don't tell Monica, okay? <laughs> don't don't tell her. <laughs> nah, this yeah. is this is before. Um, <sighs> actually, I'm I'm Monica's upset with me because I haven't made it over to eat yet. Well, the one time you tried to come over close, yeah, I did. Um, but I, I got to come back. So, Raheem, you got shameless plugs? Tell everybody where they can find you and all your stuff. When is the barbecue popping back up? Oh, um, Saturday. This Saturday. Um, this Saturday and Sunday in the front yard, North Miami. Love that. Yeah. In the Love front that. Yard. We're back in the front yard again, going heavy and hard. 
Going yeah. heavy and hard. Going heavy and hard. Wait, what's the next T-shirt? Going heavy, heavy and, hard. and hard. Where can people find it online if they want to like track it? Oh, uh, check us out on um, you know Drinking Pig BBQ on Instagram. Like we don't have a official website or any of that yeah. stuff yet. Like like I said, we're just keeping it very organic. You know what I mean? Um, if you know, you know, and if you don't know, now you know. There you go. Yeah. So um, address eight four five Northeast one five one Street um, in North Miami. Like. Everybody gets sketched when they first come because it's like, yo, where is this place? Is it is it is there? Is at the end of the road, the dead end, or in the you know in the cut? Plenty just, of parking. Yeah, serving a barbecue. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, I get a lot of cool people come check us out too. You know, so Good I think, shit. yeah, it'd be dope. Good shit. Love BYOB. BYOB. Yeah. And, uh, finally, before we go into our uh, Patreon-only lightning round thing, you can find us at Pancom Podcasts, P-A-N-C-O-N Podcast. It's like a podcast sandwich. We're on strike. Uh, and Mike <laughs> is going to be picketing in front of my house tomorrow, maybe with some guns borrowed from Raheem's arsenal. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on strike. He's already, he's already taking off his official uh, his official apron. Well, I'm going to turn around and make it a cape. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. It's going to be a super strike. Yeah. Um, also, patreon.com slash dadmag, D-A-D-E-M-A-G, on Patreon. A bunch of people just got mugs sent up. Some people are still getting... Philip is still getting mugs. I told Phil- him... Philip like, hey, is about to start eBaying his mugs. I told him, you can switch over to the coffee one and... For the same amount, like get get yourself some coffee to put in the mugs. But he must really love those mugs. I know he talks shit about those mugs, but he must really love them. <laughs> and we love Philip because he's uh, one of the big supporters, along with all the other mug and coffee people, and all the even one dollar a month people. Uh, and if you want access to the rest of this podcast, where we do our little lightning round, there's like a little this or that thing that you probably have never heard. Uh, then you need to be on Patreon. Again, we're Patreon. we're about to start a ninety nine cent club. A 99 cent, well, yeah, I mean, maybe. 99 cent club, and, uh, and Mr. Jimenez and myself are going to send you a personalized personalized note every yeah. month. We're really swimming against the inflation stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 99 cent club, you know, so just send us your 99 cents, and uh, we'll personalize a note just for you yeah. every single month. And there's a good chance you're going to get it a couple months late, but, yeah. Very good, <laughs> Very good chance. All right. all right, here we go. Raheem, thanks for uh, you know we gotta say thank you, right? Because oh, yeah. uh, not all the fucking all the, a lot of people on here are cheap, right? They're not gonna give you the dollar for the yeah. to hear the lightning round. Yeah. So they gotta hear the thank um, you. Thanks for doing this. I know that you've been on sabbatical, so I appreciate your time. No, for sure. um, you know, for the people that listen, we're about to do five quick questions uh, with Chef Raheem. Uh, go ahead and give us your money so you can listen. If you don't, fuck off. <laughs> And now I gotta go take a leak. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>